let's go back to the start of the list uh, now that we have our finalists mm-hmm. and start with uh, Homer's Barbershop Quartet. So I, I nominated this one. I, I really, really like this episode. I think it's it, it's funny. It's It does the flashback well. Like, it, it's like, again, like... I, this I, is one of the few flashback ones that I do really like. It, it doesn't even really feel like a flashback episode. Yeah. Like, I think they, they, the way that it's structured and the way that they're telling the stories, and I like how they're, they're moving while they're telling the story, because a lot of these flashbacks, they'll be in the living room, and I just, I like that they're, you know, they're kind of, that's part of this episode, too, is them, you know, going to the swap meet, coming home, going through everything, mm-hmm. like, I enjoy that, but just the actual meat of the episode, the Beatles parody, the song is great. It's 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 a good song. Yeah. A, One of the better Simpsons songs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it really is. And I tend to like the songs where they're actually naturally in the universe on instead of just them randomly breaking out into song. Like I enjoy those better. And this is maybe my favorite. I I also really like Lisa, it's your birthday. Um Kalator. I know you ha- do not like that one. So uh I'm gonna close with <laughs> I had no idea. But anyway, I, I really like the song um i i think that like the characters that they got to be in the barbershop quartet makes sense i like the whole wiggum being out like cast out of the group is really funny was i the only one that just felt too bad for wiggum getting kicked out i was like this is not fair yeah i feel so bad (laughs) well i like it's it's funny because it's like he didn't get kicked out for any reason like he wasn't bad at singing or anything he got kicked out because they told him like it was too village people-y and right. then they're mean to him later like, I know they just something. completely turn on him it's yeah. so mean I don't know I, I will say that when he does the uh talk to the animals uh thing to audition later on um I, w- I did think to myself like how is he ever in the band in the first place <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> I can walk with the animals <laughs> I go, oh, all right sound great does he it's like he was just there when they thought of the idea probably and they're like right you can be in it yeah. <laughs> Barney's a big upgrade we can all agree uh in terms of oh, voice sure. yeah. Very yeah. True. um yeah, I just, I really, I think it's, it's, uh, I don't know what else I have to say about it. We've got George Harrison. It's, in it's it. a That's really cool. good season opener. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, yeah. You've got some, some, like, obviously it's, it's, it's a bizarre situation that Homer suddenly had a hit record, but I think they do that well. And I think it's a pretty sweet story. Like, mm-hmm. I think this is, this is one that has some emotional elements to it. And I think they do a good job with that. The ending where they're singing on the roof is fantastic. And I think that's a really sweet moment. That is sweet. And like you were saying with the interludes in between, I do really love the scene where Marge goes to get the tire and then comes back and changes it while yeah. Homer's telling the story. It's just a great image. Yeah. Great visuals. I love every joke in the. the you uh, don't even question it. You're like, that's Marge. Yeah, yeah. That's Marge would know how to change um yeah the, all the swap meet stuff is funny um a lot of good gags there yeah yeah i love the the marge selling the necklaces i doubt my son or daughter is that stupid <laughs> my son or daughter <laughs> rookie card <laughs> they were so excited about the cards until they yeah. realized they were religious is this where he says i need a drink in a shower i don't know Mayor Quimby, i don't remember that he says ick ben i'm I'm oh yeah yeah right yeah i need a drink and a shower (laughs) is that a different episode i don't know i can't remember anyway both of those are funny yeah (laughs) 
I was telling Kelly this uh, before, but for some reason, the visual image where they they do a, like a, a big zoom in on the horizon where Marge is like slowly walking over the horizon so she can go get the gas. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that animation of her slowly like disappearing over the horizon is one of the funniest things I've ever seen it's on the so show. Good. It always gets me. It's so funny. <laughs> and Homer just doesn't care at all. He's just still talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's not yeah. even looking over. So just like while your mother goes to get the tire. <laughs> yeah. All of the audition yeah, like, segment is gold. Mm -hmm. I love the the Jasper singing uh, the theme of From <laughs> uh, Yeah, does anybody else have anything? I feel like this is not going to make the top five just based off of <laughs> well, the enthusiasm from everybody else. The only reason, like, I don't, I'm not a big, huge fan of this episode, and I think I just okay. don't like Beatles parodies in general. So, like, I feel like every time I see a Beatles parody, I'm just like, all right, I get it. Like, That's fair. And it's then, been done. Yeah, as uh, somebody said, just like George Harrison. In the episode, yeah. it's been done. <laughs> so I just don't get excited to see them. So I think there's great jokes in this episode, but I'm just kind of like, ah, oh, I get it. And it's a, I, I like the the song because I feel like they they sing it a lot and it gets stuck in your head, but it's not annoying. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great song. Uh, I think, too, I, I grew up with a bunch of friends whose parents were slightly older than mine. And so they were all giant Beatles fans in their household. And so this episode was like a huge deal in my friend group. Mm. Um, and for that reason, like I'm, I'm not a big Beatles guy. My, my parents didn't listen to them. Um, obviously understand like, you know, the greatness and why they merit an episode like this and why getting George Harrison is like such a huge deal. Mm -hmm. uh, so I do love it. I, I, I actually had it initially in my tier two and I've been hating that all day. And then Paul, as you were talking about it, I just moved it back up to tier one, uh, mm -hmm. tier two shrinks by the moment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just, I, it's not my personal top five, but if it ended up being agreed that it was like the, the, you know, in the top five of this season, I would never argue with that. Like the, the guest list is just too good. Uh, there are too many classics. The song is obviously classic. They still do it at the amusement park or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's a huge part of the show's DNA at this point. It is. And I also I don't I don't personally really see this as a Beatles parody. I know that that's hmm. weird and, and incorrect, hmm. but like because it's so like I see it more as a parody of like, for example, like the summer of ska kind of stuff where like these genres mm -hmm. suddenly pop up and become relevant again. And then they just immediately fade away after two or three hits. See that. I mean, I think it's supposed to be that. But yeah, there there's many obviously Beals references that if you understand that you do see yeah those, you know like and it, it's definitely in its dna through mm -hmm. and through like with the the george harrison stuff and the whole like number eight mm -hmm. and, and the yoko ono like added like, yeah like all of yeah the, the, the rooftop performances the, right. the let it be like say, there's like they're the shot for shot uh recreations of like the let it be sessions and they all that stuff so yeah clothes right sequence I yes they do that they gave them all it's true like, too yeah great <laughs> you don't get to see them often in a different wardrobe yeah and it's nice that yeah. they did that like i, I very I, true i like that a lot so i yes so let's also this huge woman will devour us all uh <laughs> that's a great such line a, such a classic um <laughs> uh, so what i um these rules can change but i thought that if we'll do at least two people need to vote for it to have it just be on hold until we see how the list is. This is already seems like it's going longer than yeah. <laughs> it's uh, planned for. So let, we'll just do it. What do you think that 
Why don't we just talk about all of them and we'll decide consensus-wise which ones are the top five. Um, so my the only reason I think we should do it this way where we do the quick vote is just so we can then have sort of like, we'll make this part quick. We'll say who votes that, that uh, Homer's Barbershop Quartet would be in the top five. I'll go ahead and throw a vote your way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will too. This oh. one, this is a good one. I'm sorry, Paul. That's okay. <laughs> you don't need me anyway. <laughs> all right. I don't need a result anymore. I don't, <laughs> I don't really have to talk much about whether or not this is in the top five, but I think this is going to be a fun discussion just because this is an all-time great episode, Cape Fear. Um, mm -hmm. It's obvious. I think this is probably the one that's in all of our top fives. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. I believe so. Yeah, it was my number two. So Number one. That's number one here. Something about it. Um, Sideshow Bob ones <clears throat> are always strong. Mm -hmm. I um, They're usually my favorites. It's almost one of those things where it, similar to Treehouse, I'm like, it's almost not fair that they're in the running with mm -hmm. other episodes. Yeah. That's a good point. Especially in 5, 6, 7, 8. I, I love all of those Bob episodes. They're all so good. Kelsey Grammer just brings it all into it. Like yeah. he goes all into that character. And he's another person like James Woods is not a good person. We all know this, but it's like, he's just so perfect as that character. Right. Yeah. It's just, there's, I just wish he was in it more. Like I, I love Sideshow Bob episodes so much. Yeah. Um, that's great. I don't know anything about HMS Pinafore. I have never seen Cape Fear. But I uh, still love this episode. Mm -hmm. I watched Cape, Cape Fear like way after this episode and had no idea it was a parody. Like I Which didn't one? know at all. Cape Fear. Which like one? This... There's two versions. Wait. Oh, um, I saw the one with uh, De Niro. Oh, okay. All right. But like, I didn't know there was another one. Um, but like, is there an older one or a newer one? Older. An older one. Oh, okay. The, the I should watch that. one is on Roku. So we're going to try to watch that at some point. And I did so learn from the, sorry, Kelly real quick that we learned from the audio commentary today that this episode was inspired by the De Niro one. So. Okay. okay. I was going to say, cause I was like, it's like shot for shot sometimes mm. where I thought I was going crazy when I was watching it. Cause like, I, I think I watched it for film lit actually. And like, I was just watching it and I'm like, I've seen all of this before. And it was like blowing my mind. And I'm like, Oh, it was a Simpsons episode. Mm -hmm. Cause I was still young at that point. Like I didn't, I didn't like, put that together at all i was just kind of like oh that was a sideshow bob episode that's like a completely different thing and like watching them in the theater him like under the car him mm -hmm, on the boat right. it was just like wow this is so fucked up but it was really cool like I, I don't know it was really fun to see that like how they did it with the like they actually like did the cinematic shots with the animation that was amazing and they used the music which was really cool it was just yeah. like a, it's it just brings that episode up so much I think they said on the commentary too that it's, I don't think it's the exact music, but it's an Alf Clausen sound alike that's so good because it's only like okay. one or two, two, one or two notes off. But like he, he's, he's a genius at that. You'll hear him do like homages or pastiches uh, to other, you know, references and stuff. And you just think it's the, it's the sound from that thing, but he's just that good. It's and it's so exciting, like when that um, music is in the Simpsons episode. Like I can yeah. get like really into it. I'm like, oh, yeah, for I real. <laughs> And this this feels like it's if you know I I like I enjoy the first two Bob episodes, but like this is when it sort of becomes this staple of the show, and I think the music is such a huge part of that. I think sure. so. 
after this they use that score in in the episodes and like every time like that's when you know like they'll they'll do the thing at the beginning where you don't know it's a bob episode yet and then they'll do that music and like yeah start to feel like it's like oh this is a sideshow bob episode here we go or you'll just see like the animation is just like slightly more cinematic like when they do like the when bart's getting all those letters obviously you already know it's a sideshow bob at that point um but then you it like goes up into the clouds and then goes back to the jail like it's Mm -hmm. amazing i love it so much I, I thought it was maybe Flanders was going to be the killer for a minute there. <laughs> well, he is Satan. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just uh, it's it's too high quality. You can't leave it off. Yeah, Paul, I'm with you. Like, I really, really enjoyed the first two uh, Kelsey Grammer appearances. Frankly, when he showed up in season one, uh, that was like a massive, massive get for them. Um probably not so much in the moment but more in hindsight but like yeah like so few people were willing to lend their voices to the show and fewer still were willing to do it under their actual name right uh, for for him to show up at the very end of season one which is the, it's by far the best episode of season one there's no question oh yeah um was he, was he already on fraser at that point that was i don't believe so years. yeah years. okay yeah right um and he's just like obviously an iconic part of the show uh uh, and this is a massive reason why, you know, the, 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 the episode where he tries to kill Selma is like, obviously great as well. It's one that's very close to my heart. I love it. Um, but that's true of like every single Bob appearance, uh, for all the ones I can think of, like I did trail off on the show sometime when they started hitting in the, du- you know, double digits of, in the seasons, but, uh, every single Bob episode is just a complete banger. And I can understand why you would want to equate that to Treehouse of horror where it's like, you're playing with a stacked deck uh, right. whenever Kelsey's around. Um, but um, yeah, for that reason, it's my number one. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like you said, with the Selma episode, I love when they're in the courtroom scene in this episode and Selma yes. says that she like um, he almost murdered her. And then the blue haired lawyers like, who's all thinking of murdering yeah. her right now? And everybody raises her hand. But then I love the guy. Including Patty. Patty. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He like looks so surprised, but he's also raising his hand, yeah. which cracks me up so much. He's yeah. like, what? <laughs> You know, it's really funny is we've, we've talked very little about the show itself and more just about like how great it is. But I think that, again, is a reflection of like all the ingredients were there. Then you actually get into the joke, you know, the jokes themselves, like, you know, the Bart, the and uh, like the entire sequence leading up to his release. You know, Kelly did mention a bit of it with, you know, the cinematic aspect of all like the death threats being sent to Bart and stuff. But like this is this is just a prime example of never letting 10 seconds go by without a joke and they're yeah. all super super high quality that's, and i love the big gruff guy that says he's gonna get him out of town he does that come on leave town yeah yeah <laughs> i'll be your friend it is oh it you're is mean back to back <laughs> jokes it is it's one of those things where it's just like there's not a portion of it that i, I don't like as much as the next like mm-hmm. it all flows into each other like homer setting up the traps and, and luring flanders in the whole <laughs> sequence with with Homer trying to take on a new identity and not, not getting that. Oh, Mr. Thompson. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and I yeah. press on your foot. It just you, seems... Oh, go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, Paul, going back to what you mentioned earlier, like when he says, ooh, I want to be John Elway. And the way that the, the camera like zooms in on his eyes as he like looks <laughs> skyward and then it dissolves in into the, the football. Oh, God, I, I'm a 49ers fan. So them being like you know yeah, you uh like denver seven san francisco 56 <laughs> right. like, lose. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's such a 
Yeah, it's such a great fantasy moment. Oh God, it makes me laugh every single time. So good. Yeah, it's it, the Homer running in with the knife and the brownies and the chainsaw. Oh my God. This the chilling moment, like the like the whole episode hilarious, but at the end when it's he sings all the songs and he's about to take his his sword out and he says, Now the final curtain. And like the music hits, like that's a really good, like chilling moment. Hell yeah. Like, you, like seeing it for the first time and not knowing what's gonna happen and like just like they do a really good job. I like that it's like it's the only sideshow bob when we get that it's like it's just Bob going after Bart, mm-hmm. which is yeah. sort of the crux of the whole thing. And it's like, but it's like this is the episode. It's just like this is the one where that's his whole goal the entire time is just kill Bart at any yeah. cost. And like I like that it's like we get to see that and and you know, Bart foil him again. And like it's just it's great. It's you can't with, argue with it. With the song at the end, too. I feel like they're always considering like Kelsey Grammer <laughs> when they're writing this stuff. Like it's yeah, like, oh, what would make like great like hearing this in Kelsey Grammer's voice would just like put this like way above yeah. and just him just doing uh, like any of the songs that he does and they do that on Frasier as well they use it to their advantage all the time but it just puts it just so far above yeah and the it's like, like it's a shame that Kelsey Grammer sucks as much as he does how much I love him god yeah exactly <laughs> I, I forgive him because of all this not really but like just, <laughs> just like I, I'm happy to see Kelsey Grammer I, just, anything. I know it sucks <laughs> elephant heavy this season is you oh god gets an elephant oh, yeah. and then you've got the Hannibal crossing the Alps <laughs> very good. yeah I wanted I wanted to point that out because obviously we'd be remiss if we didn't point out the whole rakes thing. Um, of course. That took on a, a life of its own. But for my money, like, look, I'm not going to sit here and say like the rake sequence is not funny and not deserving of the esteem it gets. But Bob going, not the elephants is yeah. like they step on his head is one of the funniest things. <laughs> Where are they getting these elephants from? How did they have that many elephants? Right. <laughs> They had enough elephants to dedicate one just to having the in crossing yeah, the was, Alps. Such a good gag. It's having just the written on it. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, I, yeah, I think it's probably going to be the number one, but let's just go ahead and say we all are happy with it being in the top five at least quick sidebar yes i, love I think we're all happy of course and he's, <laughs> and he's going two against one yes. <laughs> two against one <laughs> yeah. i also love the the wake up bake him away toys yeah it's always a line that <laughs> it's i a good ending. yeah yeah <laughs> do what the boy says <laughs> all right up next <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no, no. <laughs> two against one I love Sorry. not only that Homer forgot how many kids he has, but the man <laughs> doesn't say anything about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, man. And the whole rake thing, just to, <laughs> to touch on that real quick. Obviously, yeah, it's it's a classic gag. It's one that everybody knows. But I like that, like, after watching the commentary, it's like it's mainly exists because they could not make the episode long enough, no matter how much they try. That's so funny to me. Yeah, so it's great. Just, yeah, that's the reason they're like, just have them step on more. Rings. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like that. That's that's how that comes to me. So, and that noise he does is just so perfect. It's a noise I can't do. Just yeah. like like. Yeah, I'm not going to belabor so the. 
I'm not going to belabor the point, but that is my fr- my first personal introduction to the repetition is can become comedy after yeah. it's not funny anymore. It becomes funny, which not a new observation, whatever. The only reason I'm pointing it out is just to say that like some cartoons that came after The Simpsons made that their entire personality. Uh, <laughs> and maybe those cartoons wouldn't exist without that scene. Uh, not blaming <laughs> no that scene for it. but Yeah, that's very true. That is a... Um... If you don't quite understand why that joke works, you get other things. Other things. That have I don't other things. To be, I, don't <laughs> I don't think it is. Like, yeah. I feel like the conversation about that show has come back around where like we all agreed that it was, uh, you know, not great or, or had its annoying qualities. And I think now it's experiencing some kind of like rehabilitation where people are speaking in defense of it again yeah, but. yeah people like, are defending it usually before it got canceled it had some it had something to it mm-hmm. but then after it came back it's like all right he's up his own ass now right i was i'm totally with you on that 100 percent. yeah the first two seasons okay um there's some good there's some funny stuff like it's, it's not completely bad <laughs> we're not talking about whether or not family guy <laughs> um, we all have jokes from family guy that we enjoy in yeah sure um, show me potato salad i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> okay that's for film <laughs> uh marge on the lamb who nominated this i believe me Kelly. okay yeah. me i did and i would say that this is it this is one that i consider being number one so i'm right there with you kelly oh you consider it number one uh, not qu- i i don't but i would like i it's I've in entertained contention for yeah. number one I love it because it gives, like we talked about earlier, it gives Marge kind of an outlet to do her own thing in an episode mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with her kids, which I love. Like, I, I, I absolutely, I love Marge and her kid moments, but you don't really get Marge on her own a lot. So it's very fun just to see her out, like actually having fun, being with a friend, doing something, having a full episode just on her has nothing to do with like what's Bart going to do or what Lisa's yeah. going to do. We, we love a Simpsons episode where it involves a woman having a friend because yeah. it happens so rarely. <laughs> yeah. We discussed this. We were talking about Lisa's friends, I think, where it's like she's sometimes with Janie if she needs someone to talk to. Right. But she yeah. never is pictured with any other person unless that's the point of the episode. Right. <laughs> right. Same with Marge. Like, we see her with Ruth Powers and she continues to live next door <laughs> like because we see her with her secret affair with Do- with uh dr hibbert later right um but we don't really see her and marge interacting after that so it's like she continues to be in the show but she's not right. marge's friend right. marge doesn't have any friends which is wild because i'm pretty sure the the voice actor is i think pamela hayden who is a pretty regular uh you know featured player or whatever in the in the voice cast so it's like ruth it's not like there was a situation where, you know, like uh, Sarah Gilbert or whatever is is Ruth's mm-hmm. daughter and they can only bring her on once every once in a while. But yeah, I, I Ruth no is a real. They couldn't have her again. Right. Yeah, yeah Ruth's a real underused character. Yeah. Okay. That is Pamela Hayden. For some reason, I thought it was a guest star, but of course, I mean, that sounds just like. Her. I think she she talks in a couple of other episodes. Like she she doesn't play a big part, but she mm-hmm. talks in a couple other episodes. Okay. Um, yeah, it, this um, this episode, I I was trying to think about why, how I could justify it being number one, and I think this is another one that just has gag after gag, and I think all of them, for the most part, work. I I think it flows really well. I particularly like that we get to see um, the family kind of split up 
so we've got Bart and Lisa with Lionel Hutz. We've got yeah. Homer with Wiggum, and we've got Marge with Ruth Powers. And it's like you're seeing all of them kind of interact and kind of they're all living the same story, but you get to see them with another character. And I, I really like that. I, I don't really can't think of a lot of other examples where that happens. It doesn't happen often. It's something that like Parks and Rec does really well, where they just kind of randomly pair their characters together. Mm -hmm. And I think it does do really good service in this episode to like get like a new relationship going and then getting like good jokes out of that as well that you didn't get previously. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. And it's just like you you introduce them to other characters and you, you do get a whole like Homer and Wiggum, how dumb they both are and like right. the ghost car and like, <laughs> oh god, the ghost car. Rainbows <laughs> and lollipops and like that's so many I I Go ahead, sorry. I was just gonna say it's just like it's it's like Homer meeting Homer, pretty much. Yeah. And then you just kind of get to see him hang out and it's that's fun. When then you have like the, the the opposites with Ruth Powers and Marge. Like there's a lot of different things going on in this. What were you gonna say, Kelly? I was just gonna say there's a special place in my heart for like the absolutely wrong song coming on in, in like a situation. And yeah. it just kept happening. Like I love it in this episode. I love it later in like the um the Valentine's episode in where Mother the monster Simpson? mash keeps coming on. Or sorry, Simpson, earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, this, I love it so much. This has this episode could easily be number one, I think. Uh if you just base it off of like some of the the funniest stuff that um happens in it. Like it may not come immediately to mind, but like sticking together is what good waffles do is yeah. one of the funniest goddamn thing. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> um you already mentioned the ghost car, but then like uh my cans, my precious antique oh. cans. Like <laughs> there's just so many great random uh things that they throw in there. You know, I think that's also isn't that also the this is the episode where Homer gets his arm stuck in the uh yes. the two different uh <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then also th- the the runner of the both him and Lenny thinking the ballet is like the little bears, you know, drive around in cars. Like, I love that Lenny. Exactly. Yeah. The fact that Lenny backs him up. Yeah. yeah it's oh, yeah. So the good. little guy in the car. Like, they've had a conversation uh, about that before. They were just both so wrong about it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then, yeah, you throw in the fact that it's a Marge episode and like one of the best Marge episodes there's, they've ever had, certainly up to this point. Um, I think, yeah, the only negative for it is what we were talking about a second ago, which is like it, it feels like a lost opportunity to not build a bit more on their friendship because Marge has so little outside the house. And this seems like a real easy way to explore that stuff because it's this was so much fun. Like this episode is fun as hell. Yeah. 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 So you, you really just see her hanging out with her sisters. And it's like, right. yeah, she would hang out with Patty and Selma. Yeah. But like, she doesn't even seem to enjoy that. Right. So right. it seems like she should. And Ruth lives like next door. So there's no reason she right. doesn't see her frequently. Right. So either they've had some unspecified falling out or they just didn't want to write female interactions after this. Yeah. yeah. That's what I liked about. I test, but many other episodes <laughs> do not, I will mention. Because when her and Ruth hung out, it was always like, it was never like Marge was trying to change herself to be more like Ruth. It was always like Marge was just always herself, like out there. I love when she's at the bar and like that guy comes up to her (laughs) and she's like, I always get what I want. I said, no. (laughs) Oh, did you? I'm sorry. (laughs) I do think it's interesting that this was written by Bill Canterbury uh, and I'm being told by the the Wicked 
tricky that aside from some contributions, obviously all the writers contribute to every episode or whatever as staff writers, but this is the only one he's credited with apart from, I think having um, a credit on the Treehouse of horror from the season. So I don't know, man, like I've heard before that uh, these episodes get farmed out to, you know, new guys on the staff or whatever, because the other writers don't want to do Marge or Lisa stuff. So obviously, you know what you're talking about a second ago, uh, totally, obviously the reason why we don't get more of it, but uh, it seems like a real missed opportunity. I'll say that again, just because here's a guy who only has one, you know, head writer credit for any of his episodes. And it's one that we're talking about as potentially like being the best of the entire season, you know? Yeah. Being the best of a, of a really good season. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's really, it's a really funny episode and for, because of Marge and, and Ruth mm-hmm. powers and like, they're a big part of why this episode works so well. Like, I don't feel right. like this is a show that has a really obvious gender split. Like there are some where it's mm-hmm. like only men watch it or only women watch it for the most part, but the Simpsons, I feel like it's pretty even which gender enjoys the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. So there's really no reason for it to be focused so heavily on Homer and Bart. And like, right. they're both funny, obviously, but like Lisa and March have their own funny stuff that happens and there's no reason for it to weigh so heavily mm-hmm. on Homer and Bart, um, but- especially when there were like female writers. So um, it is nice. We know I and I love a Lisa or Marge episode. And so although this wasn't in my top five, I would not be against it being in the top five. Mm. Yeah, same. You know, I think we y'all might have talked about this previously, but um supposedly after sam simon died uh people said that the the biggest reason they didn't have any female writers apart from the fact that the pilot was written by a woman mm-hmm. um they didn't have any staff writers that were women because apparently he had a terrible divorce and was like i'm not i don't want uh, dames up in here or something like that i don't know but yeah, and that's uh, so insane to me it's like oh i'm gonna write off half the population because this one person <laughs> was shitty to me right. yeah well and especially <laughs> That, that's that's exactly it and then you know saying you, you it's a great observation that like there doesn't i don't perceive there to be a heavy gender split um when it comes to fans of the simpsons like it seems like everybody enjoys it so to not have any of that perspective in the writer's room i get it you know the 90s were different blah 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 whatever but even people at the time by virtue of that sam simon anecdote coming out later like even people at the time knew it was stupid uh to to do that to yourself so yeah i feel like there's some missed opportunities there and eventually when they got like jennifer crittenden and some of these other uh lady writers coming in later on like that's some of the best work they did so it's uh even in a, a show you know a season like season five that's such high quality it could have been potentially even better absolutely yeah um do we have any other words for this before we move on to the next one no, I, I think it's a good episode I think it, that's a good thing to call I, I like that even so early it, it did establish there's a marge episode and a lisa episode every every season but it's <laughs> like okay that's against like three or four homer and bart episodes right and you know we'll talk about the lisa one here i feel like the lisa one's fighting for it to be a lisa episode too yeah like it's not really a lisa episode as much as it's like a shared episode with that's, that's towards yeah. the end of the season though so we'll get to that in a little bit and rosebud ends up becoming kind of a maggie episode right that's, yeah that's, that's true. true is that like the only maggie epi- other than and maggie makes three is that like the only maggie episode oh like she in has the her entire adventure run of, in at least one. the part that we watch <laughs> yeah when uh when she goes to at the ayn rand school for oh, tots or whatever oh uh, yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah, that's a. There's very rarely a Maggie subplot, but that is one. Yeah. yeah. 
So next up is Bart's Inner Child, which was nominated, I believe, by Kellator. Yeah, it's like, for me, again, this was a soft, like, top five. It's I had the top four, and then I was kind of like, there's several that I might consider. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just varies based on mood. Um, but I do enjoy the... <laughs> I don't know. Just the whole concept is amusing to me. The the Rudiger, and then him just taking oh, so funny. value. The uh, Do As We Say festival, which is extremely German. I can relate heavily. <laughs> I do enjoy doing as people say. Um, <laughs> this something something is in double bolted. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that line. Bandstand is in double bolted. <laughs> It's just, it's so dumb. And it's like, but it is the kind of thing that might catch on as like a fad, you know, just everybody wants to not follow the rules and everybody wants to do what right. they feel like. And we know there's good reasons why we can't do that all the time, but it does, you know, in a time that's not awesome for everybody. It, like now, it's easy to see why you might fall victim to like, just do whatever the fuck you feel like all the time right. and don't take any responsibility. It's easy to see why that might catch on easily. And it makes sense for Bart to be leading that movement while he doesn't <laughs> intend to do that. Yeah, or enjoy it, really. Like... Yeah, he didn't ask to be, much like Bart get, gets famous, he didn't ask to be this person, but it just happens. He's like, well, I got to do this now, right. you know, which I feel is very Bart. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So I I, I, I I love a Bart episode. I like this one I a lot too. too. I actually think this one would probably make my top five. It's it's very, it can feel disjointed, I think, because it's one that bounces around a lot. It doesn't really feel like it starts out. It starts out being the trampoline thing, which is all hilarious. Oh, is that Because <laughs> it's that and it's, what's the guy's name? It's something Goodman, right? Uh, Brad, Brad Goodman. Brad Goodman. Brad Goodman, yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't even realize the trampoline was part of this one. Like, I obviously remember the trampoline part, but I forgot it was part of this it's one. Just, <laughs> this one feels a lot like a later season one where they just have a almost completely throwaway first act. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it's like, and then it's like, oh, that's what this episode is about. And then it's even yeah. kind of throws you in the second act where it's not really about that either. And like, cause it like starts out with that stuff. Then you get this whole thing about like, oh, does Marge nag too much? And then they do the self, the quick self-help stuff. And then, yeah. then it turns to Bart and then it becomes about <laughs> Bart, like this whole festival thing. So it like, it moves around a lot, but like, unlike those, I feel like at least it, it all kind of has a, a something connecting it, which is this, like the self-help thing where it's mm -hmm. like, oh, these easy fixes, these like, you know, these infomercial guys that come on and sell this stuff and it like like you said like it it is something that it seems like would be a you know a craze because that's what happens with these things it's like you catch on to something everyone's like yeah I'll, that'll make all my problems go away like yeah, yeah. i'm not going to, i'm not going to try or like do anything to actually make my life like take steps to making my life better i'm just going to do this thing and i'll be fine mm. I always enjoy when they acknowledge the animals in the household. <laughs> so when they give the cat food, the cat, the ash cat food, that just makes me, it's like 90% ashes. Is that this one? Yeah. Okay. Because they're, they're trying to like cut back on their spending, right? Yes. Isn't that this one? I don't think that, is this this one where they're trying to cut back on their spending? Maybe, yeah. No, maybe that's another one where they go to. I like thought that was the elephant one. Seminar. I don't know. We're all out now. 
we're all yeah i'm sorry i've had two glasses of wine now um yeah it maybe it's another one where they go to a self-help seminar interesting yeah i don't think they do that this one is that the one where they go to japan maybe i don't know any i'm sorry everyone you're fine um yeah i don't remember but i do remember too many self-help seminars yes i remember the ash coming out of the can so i just love that uh brad goodman just seems unhelpful from the get-go like even when he's introducing himself and he's just kind of like i love that thing that i saw her in and they're like why are we putting all our faith in this man (laughs) yeah this definitely feels like the whole idea of the episode was we're gonna get albert brooks he's gonna riff (laughs) because we we never write anything for him we just give him the idea of the show is and he goes and yeah so they just appended like uh some random uh a block to the front of it put the brooks stuff in the middle and then the c block is just you know whatever the writers came up with to to kind of wrap everything up which is not to say that that's like a bad thing i mean you got albert brooks and james brown to guest in the same episode which is crazy true yeah, if you can't do something with that, there's a problem. Right. Right. Yeah. And then we've got them all going to the cider or to, to the mill for Let's some cider. Yes. yes. <laughs> this is a great episode for getting like uh, townspeople fun. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, you'll you'll get that in a fair few episodes, but very rarely do you get so many of the town characters like showing up, uh, and it's always a welcome thing for me. And I, I like everybody just kind of being equally as dumb and gold. Right. And like, I just, I like it when Springfield's just kind of this mob of people that's like, like that guy's doing that. Let's all do this. Like, I always yeah. enjoy that again. They're I, all at about Homer's level of intelligence. <laughs> and they so quickly just, you know, turn on people or decide to, to do whatever, you know, on a, and I just like, I feel like it is sort of connected in that way. It, it, as much as it does feel like it's like it's in segments and they definitely, you know, had the Albert Brooks stuff um, in the middle, just sort of to have him do his thing. But I feel like it's just like the same time. It's like, it does all, it kind of all, it's all trying to say the same thing. It's yeah. Like, there's um, a unifying theme. Right. And I, I love that. Like, you know, Homer and Marge trying to learn that, like, it's like when you do this, I feel like you're like I go into a shame, shame spiral. Exactly. <laughs> They're yeah. actually trying to communicate though. And it's like that's a good thing, but they take it to such an extreme. Right. That it's like they'll just regress to like, oh, we're just gonna like have our problems and we're content with those. Right. We handle the problems that we have. Yeah, and they still put it in to... a direction. Sorry, go ahead, Joe. <laughs> I was gonna say, talk about going back to you know a dark status quo like i don't think you get any more on the nose than marge being like i'm experiencing annoyance but also acceptance right (laughs) i'm used to this it's the same kind of annoyance you usually give me i'm going to not listen right yeah yeah totally (laughs) so yeah i i get this one is not being a top five um i i would personally but that's okay i'm i'm cool with it i do enjoy it but i'm fine with it not being top five I guess it is right now because we're only at four. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Last temptation of Homer. Mm. So I, I am the one that nominated this one. And again, I had mentioned that the part part of it was because of the nostalgia factor. There's a few of these that I definitely remember seeing. I kind of just, I remember where I was. I remember, you know, the friends that I had and, and discussing that and like how excited we were when we got to see a new episode. And and all the jokes that we got to pull out of it. But on top of all that, I just, I think it's a, it's an interesting 
story. We don't really get to see this often. Like I like Homer being presented with this like temptation and like, you know, trying to fight it and like really trying to do his best to not be Homer about it um, and fighting against all those impulses. And I think Mindy's like the perfect person to put into that role. Like it fit well. It didn't feel like, I don't know. It didn't feel dark. It didn't feel like there was a point where it's like, oh, this is really going to mess something up just Mm -hmm. because I think the way that they presented her and kind of the uh, job that, uh, who's the actress? Oh, is it Michelle Michelle Pfeiffer? Pfeiffer. Thank you. Yeah. That she did with that. I think she did a tremendous job. And it's like, unlike the one where Marge is tempted by this Jacques, you don't want to hate Mindy. You don't, there's nothing wrong with her. Yeah. You know, she's not a bad person. She's not like saying anything against Marge. Mm -hmm. You know, she probably doesn't know that Marge exists really. So, right. I mean, she's, she seems to be vaguely aware that Homer's married, but she doesn't know anything about his family. Right. So you don't want to hate her. There's nothing wrong with her. And they have to keep seeing each other, you know. Right. The show is. Makes him as blameless as possible. Right. Yeah. yeah the show is explicitly uh, presenting her as the perfect person, the perfect woman or whatever, especially from Homer's perspective. But the casting of Michelle Pfeiffer in that regard is like. You know, that's no mistake. Uh, right. Very much considered to be like the perfect woman of of her era and like an enormously talented actor as well. Very likable, like all those qualities that you would right. want in a character that you're presenting to the audience is like, this is a real pickle for Homer because she's not gross or a jerk or somebody you hate. Right. You're actually somebody where you're like, uh, I kind of get it. Yeah, and you're not like they don't do that kind of tropey thing. I think too, where they kind of make her evil, or they mm-hmm. like make it at the end where it's like, oh, she's a bad guy, and like we can all hate her. Like, yeah. yeah, the whole time, like she right. was very sweet at the end, where she's like, you know, you don't have to do this. Like but again, she doesn't pressure him. Yeah, you know, like I, I just, I think it's all very sweet. This is, I think, to the the closest this season gets to a whole arc that's very emotional and like. That there, I like seeing Homer in these kind of things because I do like to see when Homer is faced with this and he's not just being a big jerk or sort of a puppy dog where he's just like he's he has real emotions and you can kind of see his thought process and you can kind of see him working through this stuff and like the whole uh, Colonel Clink stuff is is, is great. <laughs> like yeah, well that's the other thing too is like you can you can write it off as a. Um, fantasy scenario or is him being knocked out in his brain uh, being damaged or something but the show does present the argument that everybody would be happier if, if, if he and Mindy got together right. Marge would be president of the United goddamn <laughs> states uh, so like yeah like again like I think it's a, another way of the show saying like what if it was like the perfect the absolute perfect scenario possibly in some ways even a better scenario like uh, and it helps again alleviate any danger of her falling into those tropes that you were talking about. Yeah. And that is something I think about all the time, the Marge becoming president. Cause mm-hmm. we've been talking about this, this whole, all these episodes talking about Marge where we're saying like, yeah, what if, like, what if she did go to college? What if she mm-hmm. did actually go, you know, follow through with all these skills that she has and all these talents she has. And it's like, yeah, it makes sense. She would be like, mm-hmm. you know, she could be incredibly successful. And like, yeah, it's probably is over holding her back. Like we all know that. Like, But I, I do think it's right. also like inspiring in a sort of way where it's like they choose to be together. They True. could have different things if they were apart that are good. Right. 
but it's like they this means more to them than being president or having a giant house and a butler sure you know it's like definitely you know homer sees what he could have and it's in many ways better than what he currently has but he's like i owe it to marge and my kids to continue to be a good father yeah. and husband there's something else that he sees in that that yeah um, and it's nice after seeing like him be so bad to Marge like over and over again that you're like, oh, he does actually care. Yeah, right. he's kind of a he's <clears throat> sensitive, but he does care about Marge. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with uh, the end of uh, Secrets of Successful Marriage, where like it is kind of dark to say that like nobody's made any growth. And in fact, Marge is making like this conscious choice to stay with somebody that she understands is not really super fulfilling as a partner, but like, that's also the show taking you and making you understand what it actually means to be married to Homer. Right. Like we, we can paper over, we can paper over a lot of the, the, the bad parts of their marriage by just like making jokes or having them, like I said earlier, bike off into the sunset uh, singing together. But like, that's, that is the rare opportunity for the show to be like actually sit with this and, and ask yourself what you yeah. think yeah. Uh, about this character and i think this episode stands in a really great opposition to like you know here's a way that they do work they, they work great uh in some ways and marge and homer's devotion to marge and his genuine love for her which is reciprocated is something where you could see somebody actually be willing to to make the decision that she makes at the end of uh you know secrets of a successful marriage mm-hmm Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely you kind of see in both episodes it's like they they are aware of the kind of material earthly things they could have if they weren't with their partner but they still choose to be with them and they both do that yeah you know marge and homer both decide like i could have this other thing but i would prefer to have my partner my yeah. family yeah yeah and i don't think that's a bad thing no yeah I think it's totally in line with like the amount of affection, especially that he has for her, but that she comes to have for him mm -hmm. from the way we was right. Like that's kind of the, their whole relationship, which is that he is madly uh, devoted and in love with her. Um, and despite his flaws, like that carries some power and, and she appreciates, you know, the, the level of that devotion. That is, that is very true. That's sort of always been established that that was the case in this relationship and, mm -hmm. and they've carried it through. So um that i guess i what, what i'll say about this one is just kind of thinking through it it's not the gaggiest episode it's not the mm -hmm. there's not a lot of lines that even come to mind like yeah. besides stick with your wife barrel like yeah <laughs> i i can't think of a lot of of lines that that's like we quote or that i even think about like yeah yeah, I, mean, I can't. Yeah, off the top of my head, no. Like, I remember like stuff being funny, like when they're at the actual convention, and I remember they both yell stuff at the crowd, but I couldn't tell you exactly what it is. Yeah, the no more Chernobyl. That's funny. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's just it's not the the most laugh out loud episode. It's, it, it's funny and enjoyable. It doesn't have so many quotable lines yeah. in it, which maybe isn't the metric by which we should judge a show. And then we'll, yeah, right, of course. And then, yeah, because like, what's the epitome of a quotable line, um, but in visual form is Barney uh, doing the Bewitched theme song in a bikini. True. Yeah. <laughs> think on sexy thoughts. Think on sexy thoughts. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the that's true. That's a big one. Non sexy thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole gag of using the big hand trying to walk around oh, with that. Yeah, that yeah. I mean, that's me. Oh God, like, yeah. There's right. 
there's not so many, I guess, lines that you can say, but there's a lot of moments. Yeah. 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 Visual. Yeah. Definitely. And then there's the the bar uh, B plot. I guess we (laughs) should touch on. It's good. What's the bar B plot? He's got all those ailments that he gets corrected. He's got the big glasses. Oh yeah. Shoes. My voice feels so much better, Mister Medical Type Voice. (laughs) (laughs) Bring him some fruit juice. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a nerd. (gasps) So am I. (laughs) Oh yeah. Let's get. Did anyone pray for giant shoes? (laughs) Oh, that's a great (laughs) joke. Yeah. that's your smashing through the window. Um, so we'll keep it now as five because there are five episodes, but I guess now is when we'll start to get uh, into having to battle for them to be in. Okay. Um, What's next? So next is Springfield. Ooh, equality. Yeah, that, that was in my top five. Um, I will make a pitch for it very quickly, which is that um, it's an Oakley and Weinstein episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I love what those guys do, uh, but specifically that this is another one where it's a huge towns. People, you know, are all in the episode together, uh, and I love getting an opportunity to check in with everybody, seeing how they're re- reacting to it. You got, um, got the the musical number, right? Uh, or no, it's, it's the town hall um, set up in the beginning. You know, yeah. um, everybody convinced that Marge is going to shoot it down. Yeah. Uh, that you get into the you know Howard Hughes Burns stuff and the the spruce moose i believe uh (laughs) there's just like every everything builds very organically into being like some of the funniest stuff the show's ever done uh you know kelly mentioned earlier uh barney paying out by burping quarters uh gamblor uh taking over marge from homer's perspective uh you know having the shotgun and like completely like losing his mind just because she's gone for like a short amount of time uh yeah, there's just so much in this episode that is such high quality. And like, if anything, there's just, they have too much stuff going on. I believe this is the episode that has uh, Little Burns uh, crippling, <laughs> crippled that Irishman. Yeah, uh, yeah with, the, with the bumper car or whatever, uh, which I believe also is the montage of him laughing in the different, mm-hmm. like at church and in the shower and in bed. Like I've used that gif a billion times. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's just there. It, there's nothing for me. There, there's there's no negative about this show, and they even throw in something that was like, I think, relatively progressive for the era, talking about gambling as an addiction and something that needs to be addressed. Um, yeah. Even though obviously it's wrapped up pretty tidily, but uh, you know, beyond all that, you also have Homer's um, photographic memory flashback, which is one of the best visual gags they've ever had. Uh, that was this episode, right? Because yeah, she says that she was for, for gambling. Oh, it's like strike yeah. three, Marge. <laughs> I have a photographic memory, and he's like, "It's for oh, you. Yeah. It's the president." Yeah, <laughs> uh, <Then> I said, <laughs> yeah, just just a billion things. That I feel like we could just mm-hmm. we could spend you know half an hour recounting each line by line. Anyway, a strong contender for me. I I like how busy it is. I like how they, you get a, a different setting. You get mm-hmm. to see the characters in the town interacting with the setting, and then how that like how lively it makes this episode mm-hmm. feel because you kind of always feel like something's going on in the background even if you're doing a smaller moment like lisa making her costume or you know anything that happens at the house like i just i feel like that makes it feel just more active than a lot of the other episodes um i'm not sure why i wouldn't put this in my top five but like each time i think about it it's like it's never one that i want to even though it's like yeah it's it's a solid episode like it's 
it's funny all the way through. Like I like all the the beats of it. I like Burns going mad and it's so funny. Um, I said, oh, <laughs> yeah, trying to get uh, Smithers to jump into his model spruce moose. Like, yeah. Uh, what about the jars of urine? Oh, we'll hang on to those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the boogeyman or boogeyman. Boogeyman or boogeyman. <laughs> uh, I love that line. Like, and I love Bart's treehouse with his dueling casino. Yeah. So good. And how that I love that when um Millhouse is doing his show, like how like the bullies are sitting in the front row, like just watching it so politely. Yeah. Like <laughs> really I was brings very un- the whole town together. It does. Also, uh I was very very unfortunate to have to grow up in Idaho. So Ralph and his costume was a source of uh, great, great entertainment for me personally. I will say I'm surprised that Lisa did not just make her own costume. <laughs> yeah, it's well within you her said wheelhouse. That. That's what we were watching. Yeah. She does not need Marge to help her make a costume. I found that a little strange, but other than that, because I mean, she makes that whole robot in a later season by herself. Right. But, She's probably um, not rated to handle a blowtorch on her own, though. Well, yeah. Well, that's true, but I that she wouldn't do it. Yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, I mean. We're still kind of establishing how capable Lisa is at this point. Sure. There's still, I think, episodes at this point where she, like, acts like a kid sometimes. Right. Um, which we don't see so much later on. She's basically just an adult who's small. Um, right. But, yeah, in this one, there's, like, we see in the Melba Stacy one, she still likes dolls and stuff. So this is still a period very much where Lisa is a kid who's really precocious, but you know she still has kid capabilities mm-hmm. um and so we are seeing that here where she still needs her parents to do some stuff for her and she's not just you know when they run out of food and he forces the dog collins fix something oh something else she's just like okay let's go to the casino and get mom. <laughs> i do love when the show lets her be a kid like it's yeah. it's one of my yeah. favorite things about the show you see it less and less frequent frequently later on, which is why it stands out more. But there's like that. Uh, it's when Bart sells his soul or she's like, where'd you get five bucks? I want five bucks. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, at least it's just like a little kid who like five dollars yeah, means something to. Yeah, she can still buy interesting stuff with five dollars, which. Yeah, exactly. Just like that won't even buy a coffee anymore. <laughs> like, I love I love Lisa being a kid, especially yeah. with Bart. Like she's like mm-hmm. they're doing their their kid thing or their laughing at itchy and scratchy or you know mm-hmm. coming up with some plan to to swindle homer out of money or yeah something like yeah that. whatever it is yeah i love seeing lisa be and it is kid. fun to see the shoe be on the other foot where marge is the one screwing up and not homer yeah because we don't see that very often yeah and yeah. i like how he would absolutely rub that in at the end like... you have a gambling <laughs> problem <laughs> <laughs> i will i will say really quick just to top off the lisa as a kid convo uh, uh i know it's 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 objectively funny there's there's nothing that's actually sad about it but her saying i'm not out of state i'm a monster and then crying and running to her like that actually <laughs> like breaks my heart every time <laughs> i feel so bad for her She's so embarrassed because she doesn't usually do bad at yeah. stuff yeah right yeah this is a, a great episode talking about it i think i probably ranked it too low yeah i kind of feel the same like this is a good episode um this is tough now so we and have... i love that it has callbacks in later seasons like we see nessie get to work at the mr burns casino oh yeah and then oh, there's yeah. Episode where they demolish it that's right so it does come back it, yeah. it has long-standing effects yeah. Yeah. Oh God, I had forgotten too about like the different uh casino motifs that were suggested. Gentlemen, I give you Britannia. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> from the Swiss, the Sussex there. <laughs> Freshen your drink, Avna. <laughs> <laughs> 
Or the sea captain. Yeah. Like, yeah. Five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Get out. <laughs> This is a fun app, and it was in my top five this morning. So I mean, it's not like yeah, this is. A good I, so let me let me ask you this real quick. So Homer's Barbershop Quartet, uh, Cape Fear, March on the Lamb, Bart's Inner Child, Last Temptation of Homer. Which one of those do we knock off? I would knock off Barbershop Quartet. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> I would take off my own Bart's Inner Child. <laughs> I think that's probably the one I would do too because I like that one, but I think that. It seemed talking about it that it's I don't know if it's top five. I, I'm I'm inclined to agree. Okay, let's do that for now. So we're gonna take off Bart's inner child and we're gonna put Springfield. With the money sign for the S. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did write that. Very good. <laughs> Next up is Homer the Vigilante. I keep saying Tay. Go ahead. Now this is yours. I no, this is an amazing episode. Um I have not seen the movie on which the end is based. Mm -hmm. You have. I have. Would you care to share? So, yeah, I, I think this is only the end of this is the parody of, of it's a, I don't know how many mads it is. It's a mad, <laughs> mad, mad world. And this is this, I don't know if anyone else has, has seen it. I watched it because of this episode, of course, because this is where mm -hmm. I hear of everything the first time. And it is the longest comedy movie ever made um it, and that's not a joke it's actually the longest comedy movie ever made and it's about these people who are trying to search for money and it becomes kind of like the guy in the stream that happens in the movie well me the stream was shallow they're digging in the movie. like there's a a big w they're trying to find like a lot of the stuff especially just in that like that frantic scene uh mm. at the end is all from that movie so, huh, that's funny. I didn't know that was a parody. Yeah. You kids, oh, boy, over here. Yeah. <laughs> Why I gotta... <laughs> No, it just it has a lot of fun visual gags and a yeah. lot of quotable lines. Of the, you told me the stream is shallow and dig up stupid and um a big um a big Springfield being a bunch of dumb idiots. Uh -huh. All kinds always of great. Yeah. Almost looks like an arrow. Yeah. <laughs> Ending also comes out of nowhere, right? Because like the first the A and B blocks are uh, Sam Neill uh, getting introduced uh, as Malloy, right? right? And uh, and sort of how that is coinciding with the it's the local crime wave or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. Homer's setting up the the vigilante group, recruiting teenagers to swing sacks of doorknobs as long as they can provide the doorknobs themselves. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just it's it's a great like madcap fun cap to the uh you know the, what they set up and the setup itself is so good and the guest star is so good i think kelly also has extreme appreciation for sam neill so i was glad to see i do up. but i had no idea that was sam neill till you just said that so oh really that is so funny to me i love yeah. that i do appreciate that grandpa is useful in this episode he's the one who figures yeah. it out and I'm even older and I outsmarted him. <laughs> I love He's, this. We've learned that I enjoy a grandpa episode. And so letting him be right this time is fun. I, I, I like him when he pops up. Mm -hmm. I just don't like when he's like a big part okay. of the episode generally. Yeah, I don't like a, a leaded grandpa story. I, I really like this episode. Again, I, th I this feels very much like th this is the classic Merkin kind of like, you know, it just everybody it's very cynical 
like nobody really wins and everything just goes off like homer tries to start this group like every part of that like him starting his little um like whatever you call it mm-hmm. vigilante group. all the guns going off yeah, while they're like trying the, to talk <laughs> i remember that being a thing where it's just like i thought that was i thought that was Carter's uh, family. Carter's family and i like that episode better because i thought that was in it but it's this one <laughs> so yeah just every like every gag in there is is great um i think this might have my favorite julie kavner marge long reading of all time where she was complaining about her pearls getting stolen and homer's like you probably have a drawer full of those things she's like well yes i do yeah. <laughs> immediately, <laughs> she immediately opens the drawer with all of them. Yeah. i don't know why that that reading is masterful it's so good like that's the entire comedy of the scene is just the way she says well yes i do yeah <laughs> i enjoyed learning that bart has a stamp collection yeah everybody just laughed at him about it he just looks just sad <laughs> yeah nelson nelson shows up just to give his laugh it's yeah it's a good little scene i i love it i love the mobs i love the the dig up stupid of course is mm-hmm. classic and oh yeah yeah the whole walking more vertical than usual <laughs> why would he want to steal the largest cubic zirconia in the first place That's a also good. a great implied joke yeah yeah <laughs> oh but yeah, I, I like um, I like this one. Thank you. Does anyone else have anyone else to say anything else to say about it before we put it on our list? Kelly, I don't. You've been quiet. You don't like this one? No, I like it. I just I like it. Okay. Uh, do we want to knock one off, or do we want to knock this one off? Can you reread what the ones yeah, on the list so, are right now? Uh, Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Cape Deer, Last Temptation of Homer, Marge on the Lamb, and Springfield. Springfield. Yeah. I don't think I'd knock anybody off right now. Hmm. I'd probably say the same on that. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to take one off, it would probably be Last Temptation of Homer for me. Uh, I like this one a little bit better. Not that there's anything wrong with that one. Um, but if we're not getting consensus, I think it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. <laughs> Fantastic episode. All right. Homer and Apu. So I I saved this one. Um, I, I do want to say briefly that, yeah, I, I had this um, I had this one at the bottom. I thought for sure I didn't like it. I don't know why I thought that. Like, this is one that I thought I didn't like the song. I thought I definitely didn't like the the whole them going to India and talking to the the lead cookie mark guy like I don't know what I was thinking when I like rated it so low but I just I think it's a fun episode it's it starts with the whole hats going undercover the barking dog uh, <laughs> the crime dog as people who live next to some barking dogs for several years yeah <laughs> dog is barking <laughs> I say that like every day so <laughs> yeah. um yeah i don't know i like it i i like this one a lot i do think the sequence where they go to india is weird but um i think it's one of the better songs on the simpsons of the ones that they're just kind of spontaneously bust into song yeah not where it's like a parody of some other song <laughs> right. like this as an original song i think it's one of the better ones 
Speaking of the song, it cracked me up for the longest time because as a kid, when he says sorry about the salmonella and pats his stomach, <laughs> I I didn't know what salmonella meant. And obviously that's him eating the meat, but I thought that was just another word for being fat for the longest time. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> and I wish I still thought it. You wish you still thought it right now. You just wish you still thought it. That's not what it meant. Uh, yeah, uh, James Woods, of course, is great. Um, he's not a great person. We can all we all know that. But uh-huh. this, this performance was fantastic. He's a guest star. Yeah, yeah. it's it's probably boy. I hate to say it. I, I was a huge James Woods fan as a kid. Weirdly, uh, I just thought he was very funny. And then like John Carpenter's Vampires, I'm like the only guy on the planet who likes that movie, uh, or did because it stars james woods uh but his performance on this is so good like Mm -hmm. he he seems to get the like self-deprecating but also like giving it like 1000 percent um approach to a great guest appearance that like very few people at the time uh got it's just if i had to put together like a top five all-time guest appearances i think this would have to be in at least the top five he's so good that's why it's so surprising that he sucks so much because he's like that consistently with everything that he's been in really because he was in he was in that movie me and you all watched with the the cat's eye he was in that and he was hades and all the disney um greek lore stuff so he was always really good so it really sucks that he sucks so much i know he's another kelsey grammar for sure where it's just unfortunate but he's worse than kelsey grammar oh kelly i'm glad you spoke up <laughs> yeah, Kelsey Grammer's just kind of an ass, right? Kelsey Grammer is it like he has beliefs that are not good, and yeah, he's very Republican. And, oh, okay. and uh, yeah, I don't really James know Woods anything is, about either of them. Is a, a bad person. Okay. And, uh, yeah, James Woods like tries tries to ruin people's lives. Okay, uh, we'll take actively. you know unpleasant beliefs over that. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, Kelsey Grammer's not on Twitter, as far as I know. So yeah, <laughs> right. No one, no one anywhere should be on Twitter. Maybe Kelsey Grammer would be worse if he was on Twitter, but everyone should just uh, be quiet more. But um, <laughs> not us on this podcast, though. No, we got to. <laughs> or me that on Twitter. <laughs> yes, Kelly, you're allowed to be well, on Twitter specifically. You're not posting uh, someone with horrible right wing views big on twitter you can just antagonize carrie underwood (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yes he's terrific in this he gives a great performance every part of it him him trying to clean the cheese out of the microwave while he's on the phone it's just a good performance Mm -hmm. yeah it's also good he's basically just like a really great voice actor yeah i don't know if that's his main he's more of an actor right more than voice acting but he like oh oh, yeah falls straight into voice acting yeah he's he had a monumental acting career until he screwed it up by being unpleasant um but but yeah no and obviously he's a phenomenal voice actor but like uh it's really it's kind of crazy that a guy who looks like he does it's not like he's like a weird looking guy or anything but he's Mm -hmm. just like He's not what you would consider like a Hollywood hunk or whatever, but he, had, yeah. yeah, he had a ton of starring roles and like he was in really big movies because he's so charismatic, you know. That's what we kept yeah. saying during Cat's Eye. Have you seen Cat's Eye? Yes. Because that's how he was in that movie. You're like, oh, we really care about this guy for some reason, and <laughs> I, it sucks that it really does suck that he sucks so much. I'll stop I saying know. it, but yeah, I guess it does. Yeah, I mean, it's it's worth pointing out, but it's like. Yeah, it doesn't really like going back and watching this. It's 
it doesn't really change the way I, I think about it because it's just like it, it was a really good performance and like he's not supposed to be a great character in this anyway. Right. Um, I never liked that they like they clearly this is another one that was too short and they kind of pointed it out several times in the episode because this is another one I remember seeing. It must have been just around this time when I started watching them because I remember watching this one when it came on and those there's two jokes where they're like, oh, there's still time left. And I just always felt like that was like, oh, they just they want to they want the episode to be over, but mm. there's still more stuff to do. And then I just kind of like carried that into the um, them going to India stuff, which I I still don't really like that. I don't like them going up and, and asking the head cookie mark guy the three questions or like that whole sequence is like as first season where. Homer ends up randomly being in a barbershop quartet and goes to space. That feels the most outlandish. Yeah, thing. agreed. Like, I guess I'm kind of talking myself back out of this one. Mm-hmm. I just like the cookie mark stuff a lot. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah the 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 price gun, you know, ankle holster or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. everything related to the cookie mark, except for as you say, like scaling the mount, the you know Everest or whatever to go talk to uh, the head cookie mark guy. Like it, all the quickie mart stuff is great. Um, I think for me personally, like this is just a, an easy top half to top third episode that wouldn't quite make the top five. Um, but yeah, just like between the guest appearance and like the the, the jokes that they do have in their smashed hat uh, are just there. Yeah, it, it catapults it to to that like contender level that you're talking about. And I do love the the random Homer knowledge that comes up, like when Lisa's explaining to him how far India is in miles, and then she switches to kilometers, and then he's like, "Wait, a minute. yeah, like those <laughs> like tiny jokes. I love those." I and I like the comedian that Homer's watching. That oh yeah, I just sing that song all the time, and I I don't even I didn't even remember what episode it was from because I'll just sing that little song that he sings and. I just like that moment where it's just over watching TV and laughing and a who's out in the rain. Yeah, we do. We're so lame. <laughs> I could point out one thing that has always stuck with me my entire life because I lived it, which is when Apu puts out the the whatever it is like the cream corn or whatever. Yeah. And face and faces the product. Uh oh, yeah. she's like, you'll never move it that way. Uh, I ended up working at a grocery store later in, you know, as a teenager. And uh Actually, that was my entire job was to face product. Um, and it is it's one thousand percent true. Like if you're at like at an office or something and you like you want to get rid of something in the fridge, just like put it out where someone can see it and yeah. it, it'll get eaten. It's great. <laughs> Haven't had that in a while. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I love Bart and Lisa grabbing the kids record. It's like, what are you gonna do with that? <laughs> 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 kids of course <laughs> uh good stuff i i i talked myself back out of having this one in the top five unless anybody else now wants to yeah to i i'd like this there. one not top five though same same all right off you go uh lisa versus malibu stacy do i need to make the pitch for this one i think you so put this back on the board well yeah i had i had nominated you had okay i was just i couldn't remember um, I love a Lisa episode. I don't think there's a single Lisa episode that I don't love. Um, just because, you know, I, when I was watching the show as a kid, I very much identify with Lisa much more than any other character. 
Um, still continue to do so. Although now I'm like, I'm not as smart as Lisa is. (laughs) (laughs) I do identify with her more than any of the other Simpsons characters. So I obviously like to see her, um, you know, front and center. Um, and I do appreciate very much her being like, I love this thing, but it has problems and I want to fix this Mm because that is very much how I, I like plenty of things that have their problems and I'm aware of them, but I still want to like the thing, you know, it's like Kelsey Grimm. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like there's plenty of things that I like that have their issues and I'm aware of that and how it informs the content, but like, I still love the thing because of my experience with it, you know, Um, which I think is how Lisa feels about Melba Stacey. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course you have the very interesting pairing of her and Mr. Smithers in this one, which I don't think you ever get again. Except for when they're on the mountain. For... Oh, oh, yeah. right yeah, yeah. yeah. also for... a great episode i found another injured vole <laughs> yeah so, and i think you know to an extent mr smithers is maybe kind of an exaggerated version of lisa like that's true that's funny <clears throat> if if you grow up in like the worst possible way you become mr smithers yeah it's like <laughs> in the dark timeline yeah at least in the dark timeline it's like they they kind of have similar thoughts about something but she's still very young and idealistic and like i'm gonna make this right and he's just like everything is terrible anyway right i'll <laughs> try to enjoy this small thing that doesn't matter to anyone else except me <laughs> yeah they're two people in springfield who are intelligent which sets them apart from everybody else number one and number two <laughs> have identities which might lead them to sometimes question question you know how society is treating them so yeah, yeah. they come to they, they share opinions on a lot of things yeah so they yeah they have similarities and it's interesting to see them working together because like even marge is like who we know kind of has this sort of idea herself at least when she was younger you know sure burning and stuff she's very much like lisa do you have to make a thing about this like you can <laughs> so tired right. of hearing about it and it's like i get what you're saying but like i can't fix this just yeah maybe you right. leave it alone you know <laughs> you've been doing that a lot lately exactly <laughs> You understand where she's coming from too, because um, she's very much like I've been here. I made a fuss about it. It didn't make any difference. Maybe just kind of try to accept it and move on, you know. Um, so I think yeah, that's something it. I recognize too. And like my parents, and and I feel like older generations too are people who are like, look, we like we're, we're better than our parents were, you know. But like the, the, our threshold for crap is a little bit higher than yours is. So do you have to talk about this all the time? You're like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Endure, you should be able to too. And right, like, but you need I, to continue to build on you know right um so i think marge is having a little trouble uh kind of relating to that she's like i did my part now i can be quiet (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, so i I think this is a really fun one because it it does make a good point but it's also like well you know if you do try to do you know what's authentic and true it's like it probably doesn't make any difference (laughs) so it's that very nihilistic kind of viewpoint like nobody wins no one improves um and i think with that Sorry, I was just gonna say with that with Marge in that scene, I like that how fast she kind of like backpedals when she realizes that she does say one of the quotes that Malibu Stacy says right back to her. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I will say this. I, I do think that um, this, this episode maybe is like the most optimistic uh, of this season, or at mm-hmm. least among the more optimistic ones, because, you know, yeah, I get it. Like you're, you're right. Like the, the overall message is like, Lisa didn't maybe reach as many people as she would have liked, but 
there is that little girl at the end who picks up the, you know, her doll mm -hmm. and, you know, Lisa has the line, you know, if, if we reach her, it's all been worth it. And I'm, I'm still one of those idiots in 2022 who like believes that. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I do like that this episode allows for that optimism. And I do like that Lisa gets that win, you know, cause she deserves it. And she puts the bill on somebody who has a lot more money than this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. That's very I mean, true because we do get, this is one of the few times that we get to an ending where it's like something good happened. Mm -hmm. Lisa actually went out, sought to change something, successfully did so, and was able to at least reach somebody. And it's like, that was the first rush. Like I know like in the, the show it's going to reset the next episode but like mm -hmm. you know it, thinking about that episode extending out like you know those those will still be there people will buy them mm -hmm. like it could become something like it could still exist and like that is very hopeful it's not like you know they put them out of business or like mm -hmm. they weren't able to get the doll out at all it's like it exists in the world and it's, it's, a, it's, it's a available yeah it's available it's not a competitor but it's there yeah. like, you can seek it out if you want it and yeah i, I think that's cool Perhaps unsurprisingly, this slightly more hopeful, slightly more wholesome episode uh, written by Oakley and Weinstein. So there you go. Okay. It's a. It feels very much like a season seven episode. Like it's when it's like it could fit into that sort of more like, you know, they they still don't win. They still don't like. I don't. know, It doesn't pay out quite the way that they thought it was, but they still get something out of it. And they learn For sure. Something, and that feels a lot more like. Yeah, like their episodes in, in the season five one. Um, Can we give some love to Kathleen Turner too really quick? She does so good, so goddamn good in this episode. Like I I was blown away uh, both as a kid and then going back to it later um, as, a, as an adult. Uh, like the subtleties of some of her line readings are like people don't have to do that. They can totally phone in if they wanted to, especially her. She's like a big deal. She's a great actor, has an awesome career. And she decided to go on this show and do these bits and do them with like every last ounce of her talent, which is considerable. Yeah. So I, I love her showing up on this. It's Yeah. She was so fun. Yeah. And like just such little lines too. Cause she has that. Not now I'm too drunk. Yeah, exactly. Like just the little lines. Release A me from your Kung Fu grip. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we're not drunk. <laughs> no, too drunk. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she she really like she gives a spirit of being like a, in the character very over everything that's happening. Like, yeah, okay, I know you want to like trailblaze and stuff. Like, I guess I'll go along with it, but I'm kind of like, eh, you know, not now. I'm too drunk. But right, she does it like so well. She's clearly not just phoning it in, you know, like maybe later guest stars do, or it's just like they're clearly reading lines. Right, you know, she doesn't do that. She does like give it personality, and she thinks about how the lines are presented. And yeah. there's some silly stuff in there with the release me from your kung fu crit. <laughs> Amazing line. Amazing yeah. line. Yes, yeah, <laughs> to, to, to me. Hair. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, so that that's a great example. The hideous hairline. Like I think that so. <laughs> Like the way that her she conveys the character is the character is somebody who had who has to this day still has the ideals that she held when she f was first entering the business, but the business has been so awful to her, right? And so she has like this baggage and this ennui that she carries with the idea, you know, when she's confronting the idea of having to go back in there and start that fight all over again. And I think Turner does a great job of giving life to those lines where like basically she's supposed to convey that her soul's kind of dead inside uh and but at the same time like gives it the kind of like spirited performance that you were talking about a second ago like she's she's great yeah mm -hmm. 
Well, she's so on board with Lisa's plan, even though she's not spirited about it. Mm-hmm. So like she does, she does everything that Lisa needs her to do. Like, and she does it happily, it seems, but right. she does have that same like um plateau emotion that she had at the beginning, but it it works. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa's idealism in her youth like re-inspires this fire that is, you know, explicitly re- referenced by her throwing her booze into the fireplace and it flaming out. <laughs> that uh, was great. Yeah. No, it's just it, it's a it's a great episode. Like uh, Marge on the Lamb is to this episode, you know, as like a Lisa episode is or sorry, I guess a Marge episode is to a Lisa episode. Like, I think they're both quintessential for the character and like super memorable and among the best, if not the best of of that, like subgenre of each yeah. respective of subgenre. Anyway, sorry. I guess my my only thing with this episode and it's the thing that we have not brought up yet is the grandpa stuff. Yeah, I kind of forget that the grandpa subplot yeah. happens in this. I even wrote in my notes, I said, I like that the grandpa stuff is just very, like, no one cares. It's just kind of like, yeah. that's very, very grandpa very of the grandpa storyline. <laughs> like, I just, I, it's not that I don't like it, I guess. It's just like, I don't think it's necessary. And it's kind of eating into this way better story. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much more they really needed. I think they did a good job. Well, I think they kind of even make fun of that themselves when they have Grandpa and Lisa sitting at the table and like they're both kind of like saying their plans and then Grandpa forgets his halfway through and starts saying Lisa's plan like halfway and then he's like, uh, help. (laughs) Okay, this this is where Grandpa is right now. We only care about Lisa's thing. (laughs) Oh man, the nuts and gum uh thing obviously is legendary. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a white male between the ages of 18 and 35. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody listens to me. Not a not a great idea. I I, I love that. I love like the writers follow that up with him saying that with the worst idea possible, right? Right. Like (laughs) that's uh again, good messages being put out in the mid nineties. Yeah. Yeah. It's I I guess it's not like it's not bad. It's just I'm kinda like when I'm when we go into the grandpa stuff, I'm kinda like I'd rather be watching the other part of this mm-hmm. yeah um, there's some fun stuff though when they actually are working on the fast food and the sandwich took a bite out of me and... yeah <laughs> like, i forgot about that sorry <laughs> this does make me very aware that we are now older than homer and that's we're the same age troubling. as homer i'm gonna be mm, i'm gonna be older than homer in about two weeks no no, no. So i don't want to hear about it well they they aged him up so don't worry yeah. yeah, they age him until I think 38 yeah. in a later season, but I'm, like, I'm still younger than Homer, you like fools. That. I don't care for that at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I don't know. I guess I um yeah, the that's it. The the grandpa stuff. Yeah. I I don't I wanted to say that the thing I think makes that makes me laugh every single time without fail is the little girl who has the spider-man voice box oh god oh, yeah that's funny <laughs> so good yeah what <laughs> that that reading that she does the yeah voice in the, the <laughs> there's something wrong with my stacy yeah. <laughs> such a weird character is there, is there a name like is there a name like hortense yeah it's something really <laughs> ugly like that yeah i love that it just uh, pops up and it's like so good i love that line so much um i feel like this probably is gonna creep in but where i mean for me it's you know it's it's highly ranked for me so i'll let you guys do get out it moves in for me because it was on my list again this morning okay so 
We've got Homer's Barbershop Quartet, Cape Fear, uh, Marge and the Lamb, and Last Temptation of Homer. Personally, I would take out the Barbershop, but I know that I keep saying that. <laughs> I would probably do Last Temptation if I'm being totally honest. Honey. I mean, I said that for the last one too. Like, I like that episode, but it's not top five for me. Uh, this is this hurts because I would not do this, but for the sake of the the group, of course, goodbye. Last temptation of Homer. Um, Beautiful episode. Next up, deep space Homer. Oh no, this is going to be a conversation. Yeah, this is going to get rough. Yeah. So you, so who doesn't like this episode, Kelly? No, Paul and I both really like this one. Okay. Yeah, Joe, I know it's going to get like rough. It? No, no, I love this episode. It's going to get rough okay. because we're going to have to make some really hard yeah. decisions. I yeah. see. Okay, I was confused. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no, I think we all love this one. Um, It's just so nonsensical, but like fun and it makes sense and it ties together so well at the end with the inanimate carbon rod. Mm. Oh, yeah. My fantasy football team a few years ago was called inanimate carbon tie rod and nice football team names are never going to be better than that like that is the best <laughs> fantasy team name i'm ever going to have and i'm a little sensitive that i can't have it anymore because tie rod is not very good but um, <laughs> i i do hold this episode in high esteem for that reason for that and specific other. Reason. i remember as a kid thinking the inanimate carbon rod was the funniest thing i had ever heard like, oh absolutely no <laughs> no question for weeks afterwards yeah Thank the I, rod. Uh, anyway. I think in just the opening scene of this in general, when they're all like waiting around saying how these um um worker of the week medallions don't mean anything, but they're all fucking wearing them, like standing around waiting for who's gonna be yeah. named. I love that. Right. They all put them on. As a yeah. employee of the month, that is exactly how it felt. I got a <laughs> gift certificate and everyone's saying, congratulations. And I'm just like, I'm just not even going to acknowledge this. It's so like, not even a thing. Homer and I also uh, feel, oh, go ahead, No, no, please. Go ahead, Kelly. I was just going to say, I also love that James Taylor and Buzz Aldrin are both just the perfect types of guest mm -hmm. stars where they're just both laid back. They can make fun of themselves and they can have slow, like small, small roles for like what they do. Yeah. And I love that so much for both of them. That is great. Yeah. Yeah. Very good natured uh, about it. For sure. I do love, I, before we get too far away from the, the worker event, I love Homer's screaming, I'll show you an animate. And then the shading that happens, yeah. you know, animation wise, <laughs> like he just becomes completely still and then the shade goes behind him. So good. Uh, great animation jokes to go along with the great written jokes. Yeah. But yeah, Buzz and James Taylor. I mean, geez, I know I mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, Albert Brooks and, and uh, uh, sorry, I'm blanking it right now. But uh, the the musician they had in the the episode for Bart Center Child um, is a huge oh, combination of guests. Brown, right? yeah. yeah, James Brown. Thank oh, you. Brown. Yeah, huge com huge combination of guests. Uh, Taylor and Aldrin obviously could rival that immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're both fun. They're both game for the all the jokes, and I like that they talk to each other because they're both not actors, mm -hmm. and we get yeah. a scene where they're they're talking to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Kind of it's kind of strange to watch, but I enjoy that because they're both just so fun in this episode. And it's such a great moment too, where he's like, it's not a good time. And then like James Taylor yes. says like that, you're going to sit there and listen to it. But there's just <laughs> yeah. like this nice, like, yeah. it's a very long scene for what it 
is they're just angrily floating listening to it it's so yeah good. yeah yeah um that's so good <laughs> I, I I I love this episode. This is it, it's a, it's a fun episode visually. It's it's like perfect for being a kid watching it. Mm-hmm. Like I just just remember watching this and and how much fun it is. But just growing up, how good the jokes are, how good the guest stars are. Like it it if they do a good job of this this gets I feel like brought up a lot as like oh the Simpsons going too far. Like when they talk about kind of pulling it back for for six and seven um like they they bring this someone up a lot like oh like randomly homer goes to space i think they did a good job setting it yeah mm-hmm. i agree I yeah i don't feel like it's anything outlandish that they did they did a good job of making mm-hmm. it seem like yeah that yeah like... it makes more sense than in armageddon so i'm gonna <laughs> right. say this is you know this at least it's like oh it's for pr stuff it's right. like we know this guy is not gonna do anything useful you know, people are aware that Homer is a joke, whereas in Armageddon, it's like that makes no sense. Sure, yeah. Would... yeah. Um, I don't have so a, if a it's ton better of... than a multi-million-dollar movie. I'm willing to endorse this as a plot for a 22-second animated show right. or 22-minute animated show. For sure. Yeah, I don't have a ton of patience for the unrealistic stuff. I mean, you're talking about a show in which one point, you know, Homer's watching TV on the couch with the kids, and then Homer's also walking yeah. outside the window for, and it's just a fun, quick visual gag it doesn't have to like ruin the whole universe or something you know um and yeah you're totally right paul like they do both of you're right because they they set this up so like well with the wanting to put a common person into space you know working class guy into space then they have the training montage between him and barney where homer just like clearly loses by a a friggin mile like everything Everything about this is so well constructed and so funny along the way. I consider this very similar to Homer's Barbershop Quartet, where um, they may not make my personal top fives, but they are so good and they're so uh, enormous in the history of the show mm-hmm. that, like, I would have no problem whatsoever putting both of those in the top five. Like, if someone told me that the top five must include these two episodes, I would totally agree with them on that. This is um, very iconic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Great way to put it. Yeah. Thank you. And there's so many like little jokes in this one too. Like when they do the home improvement parody and they have that laugh that Tim Allen does. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> and then back to, j- back to jail for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't. Yeah, that's it. I was like, I can never remember exactly the laugh, but every time I hear it, it's so funny. And the, uh, the hamster and- dressed up in the 60s outfit. <laughs> she already yeah. ate three. That's sensible. <laughs> uh, and the, the Mary with Children, the Mary with Children toilet flush. Oh, God. <laughs> And then they have Homer do that on the phone later. Like that's the breakthrough. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Oh, it's so good. The whole the whole seek the whole training montage sequence is so good. Like it it's just jokes. It's it's just funny. Like there's no lull in that entire sequence. Like it's just the best. Yeah. Start to finish. Sorry. Oh, and they let you get yeah. to know the NASA employees so well yeah. too, or they're kind of like part of the characters. The yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Where'd you get that? Where'd you get them? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's exciting. Like they did a good job structuring it. Like it, a lot of these, it's like, I, I'm baffled that they have so they have 22 minutes to tell these entire stories. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. The ones that do it so well <laughs> that you're just like, I kind of looked, I'm thinking back and I'm like, how did they fit all that in so well mm-hmm. and tell such a good, compelling story with a beginning and an end that like everything 
flows nothing feels out of place like it's it just such a tremendous job i also say that this is this is dave merkin's sole writing credit oh right yeah it has a a bit of a an extra this is a great one to be your sole writing credit yeah for real um so i just yeah i there's so many things i like about this like but the the ending, I think they did a really good job building the suspense, even though they like they say in the episode, I think Grandpa says, like, it's TV, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know like Homer's not gonna die, but it's still like they did a good job building it up. It's very like Bart's comet. Like, yeah, yeah we know it's you know it's gonna fine, be okay, but, like, but yeah. Yeah, I still felt a little suspense there at the mm-hmm. end. And like um yeah, former president James Taylor. <laughs> i really appreciate that the the ending that they did is a direct reference obviously to a space odyssey uh you know 2001 yeah. and uh makes arguably more sense than the ending of 2001 a space odyssey <laughs> just kidding i love kubrick everybody calm down i love him don't yell at me we're all freaking out right now <laughs> i just appreciate the return of the rod as like the main character yeah absolutely see the rod again <laughs> just about to show some close-ups of the rod <laughs> oh it's funny all right well here we go so this putting it on this list i would strongly like i i would like to see it on here mm-hmm. um, it, for, it's my number three on my personal <laughs> list it's my number two mm-hmm. Yeah, I won't stand in the way of it, obviously. Like, um, I would maybe volunteer. I think Springfield with the dollar sign is still on the list. Like, I would, yeah, I would volunteer that, even though I love it and I do think that's a top five episode. Like, I I agree that this probably deserves to be on this list. So I would maybe nominate my own to uh, kick it off. Uh, That's that's a rough one. That's the one I was, I I mean, Lisa first valuable Stacey too, but I know that that's, I mean, just from talking about it, I think it's, Mm-hmm. more important to have on this list. i mean i think d space homers deserves to be on here more than either of those you know but the hard thing for me is going to be to kick off either lisa versus malibu stacy or marge on the lamb just because like i do want a marge or lisa episode or both like on the list mm-hmm. but yeah as we get to like the the real cream of the crop stuff like i don't know that's that's gonna be the hard decision for me anyway yeah, this, this is, is rough this is getting tough um <laughs> I'm going to, yeah. Kelly, do you have any thoughts? Uh, We all know what I think. (laughs) She (laughs) wants Homer's Barbershop Quartet out of here. (laughs) All right. I think you should leave with Sam. Like, get him out of here. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry, Springfield. Um, Right. We hardly knew you. (laughs) A quality episode still. Okay. So what do we still have left? A couple of my <laughs> suggestions. <laughs> we have Homer Loves Flanders. Okay. That was one of mine. So Homer- Is that what's up right now? Yes. Oh, okay. So, uh, obviously, I like this episode. Was this on anybody else's or was it just on mine? I think just yours. Damn, okay. I don't know. I love a good Homer and Flanders rivalry. It rivalry, and I also love seeing Flanders in his like, at, like actually coming out as a character. Especially since like, mm, yeah, it's it's even known like it's supposed. To, it's like a whole trope now that like the whole Flanders thing is just supposed to be like he's one dimensional. He's stupid. Like he's just a like, Christian guy. So it's fun in the few episodes like these ones where like you actually see him like 
actually become a person and like come against another character and like actually like have something going on so i think that's what i like about this episode and i think there's mm -hmm. a lot of good jokes in it um it's it's one that i also watched today and i've been hopped up on nyquil all day so that's also <laughs> you're hopped up on <laughs> exactly so i don't know I, it's one of it's one of my favorites but i don't have anything against this episode I just, I like it. I'm happy when it's on. I just don't, it's not one I think about a lot. Um, I don't know. I agree that it's it's nice to see Flanders sort of push to the point where, you know, he can't handle that. And like, I think they did it really well. Like, I believe that that would be how Flanders would react in that situation. And we get a little bit of that, like, Hurricane Nettie Flanders that exactly I, I think that episode Hurricane Nettie definitely does it better mm -hmm. but it comes back to this which is good yeah so I um yeah um I don't know I, I feel like you get to the... see the the weird sweetness of Mo how often he goes and does the readings to mm -hmm. the children and right. the the homeless and you see like, I don't know, you see kind of like the best of all the other characters sometimes. So it's, I don't know, it's fun. I like a lot. I like the sequence with um, with Wiggum pulling Flanders over the hopped up on goofballs. Where's your mistake oh. now? Where's <laughs> your <laughs> I, I, I love, yeah, I, I love Homer just completely doing a 180 and, and loving Flanders mm -hmm. and like, of course, being Homer about it and pushing it too far and like, that's it 100 feels like what would happen in that situation like how that would play out like well um, it also cracks like I, I think the whole big thing to me is it feels kind of like a um i think you should leave sketch almost sometimes because okay. like it gets you to this like whole environment in the church and everyone takes homer's side automatically which would mm -hmm. never happen but for whatever reason, in this episode, everyone takes Homer's side, like, over dead, yeah. no matter what. It feels a little bit like um, Homer's enemy, where suddenly, like, everybody's like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Okay. Homer did a good job. <laughs> I like this. Like, it's only when it's to piss off another character. Exactly. <laughs> And I love the line where um, they fight, like Homer does his whole speech and um, like they all kind of come back around on Ned and um, the Reverend like says, like, we're sorry, Ned. And Liddy's like, that guy's right. <laughs> he's yeah. like, he's talking about the Reverend. Yeah, right. I love that line. <laughs> it's, it's good. I guess, I don't know. I just always feel like this is like, it's a good one, but it's, it's just sandwiched in between ones that i like a lot better um and i, I don't it just i don't know mm -hmm. does anyone else have anything to say about it i'm not feeling very much love for this episode and it's okay i'm sorry i i do enjoy <laughs> it i just like i i can't muster the like enthusiasm to say much about it like it it feels like there's a there's a joke in there about how like they're like oh another wacky adventure i kind of always feel like it it just feels kind of like that it was like written in as like oh it's just kind of a wacky side off adventure and then back to the 
normal Simpson stuff next time, you know. I hear that. And I'll I'll say it's like more fun to watch than talk about because I'm like talking about it now. I don't have very many good things to say about it. But every time I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, this is a great episode. But now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh, no, it's not. I think that's what it is because I was like, I, I took me a second and I was trying to like collect my thoughts about it. And I just could not think of anything to say about it. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that's an episode in the season. Like well, let me let me try to back up Kelly for a second, because uh, I will say that you have a couple of like legendary good jokes in it, right? Mm. Um, Whether I think because this is the episode where like they go uh, boating with the uh, the Flanders kids, right? Yes. And they they taste pixie yeah. sticks. Uh, yeah, so like Bart and Lisa turning the Flanders kids insane is very funny. Uh, Ned in the clock tower, you know, fantasy sequence is like one. very darkly funny. Um, talk about something that's very darkly funny and relevant. Uh, Lenny being like, Oh, like, look, Homer got one of those robot cars, and then Carly, like, <laughs> one of those American yeah. robot cars. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, very relevant today in the news. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff. There's also a personal favorite of mine that I use in my own life, which is Homer referring to Stan the boy Taylor when obviously it should yeah. be Stan, Stan the man Taylor. Uh, <laughs> the boy, I never knew. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, I've, they, I've they called... do the whole chant there too, where they're like, uh Yeah, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, I I do think that they're extremely strong jokes, and the premise itself is really good. You yeah. guys are right that like you know seeing Ned uh, go you know before Hurricane Ned, he like show the first you know signs or signals that 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 part of him exists is really fun to watch, and I think it it's also pretty fun to talk about it just maybe not a top five all-timer for this season a, i mean that's all it is and it does have another line that we quote constantly and that's sort of a weird one it, it's um um dr hibbert in his car trying to get a, the tailgate open and going juice to this rusty tailgate <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so good of a nothing joke <laughs> yeah i this is not high on my list i don't really like any flanders episode except for hurricane Nettie. um and even that's kind of like mid-tier for yeah. me but um i i don't really ever get excited to watch this episode but then i realized like one of the most common memes is from this episode of yeah. homer going back into the hedge oh yeah oh, right. everywhere i forgot that that was <laughs> yeah. from this episode because that's one you see all the time and i've used right you know at the beginning of every football season when we decide we don't care about the colts anymore right <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up, Dad! Comes out as like ravens or bills or bears. Like when he goes back out, we have done that with the bears this year. Um, we've come out in our bear oh. sweatshirts. I'm wearing one now, so <laughs> that's well, what hey. we reference frequently. And I didn't even realize it was from this episode. They had a very good day, so your your mojo worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, just just about the Colts were sad, and we did not have to watch them because we're not in the broadcasting <laughs> anymore. So. The most important thing. Yeah. But yes, I, I think, uh, yeah, uh, I'm sorry, Kelly. It's, it's okay, guys. <laughs> We're going to have to bark it off. Burns is there. Yeah, that one's mine uh, that I kind of put in as a sub because uh, we out we ruled out the uh, tree houses of horror. I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm not going to make a big push on this one, so we don't even have to talk about it that long. Um, I will say that it, has, it does have some of the greatest imagery from the season, including the, mm. um, you know, the Homer confronting Burns at his manor and having security mm -hmm. called on him. I, it may be even overshadowed by the cut footage of the Richard Simmons robot, yeah. right? Yeah, it definitely um, is. 
in my opinion. But yeah, the dogs with the bees in their mouths and whatnot is a, is a fun runner. Um, I think this episode is, is full of extremely fun lines. I also do appreciate the uh, Lisa complaining about getting hit with peas and then Homer saying, uh, Lisa, stop getting in the way of your wealthy brother's peas. Because <laughs> that is how it works in this country. So uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of great cynicism. Uh, there's a lot of great jokes, obviously. Uh, you're never going to get any better in my mind than the let's all go to the lobby uh, vignette that Burns <laughs> yeah. does in the theater. My vast Fast fortune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is the last one. They're like, oh, oh, oh yeah, wow. Um, yeah. So there's there's just a, a billion and one different things about this episode that I really love. It didn't make my initial top five, but it would be in my top five uh, if we remove tree houses. So that's my push for it. But I, I think it's probably pretty obviously dispensed with. I think the the um, line that I use the most from this is the, ooh, he card reads good. Like that's God, one of my so favorite funny. lights. <laughs> help me need help, Mr. Kearns. <laughs> it's birds, you idiot. Or Kearns. <laughs> I, I like how Disregard. apathetic Bert is about the whole idea of it. He's yeah. like, he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't care. He doesn't yeah. acknowledge that he knows the man's name is Mr. Burns. But he turns <laughs> off the card anyway. Like he obviously knows who Mr. Burns is. Right. Uh, right he gets booted the first time he gets kicked by a giant boot mm -hmm. in the simpsons um and then he just wreaks his own brand of destruction and mr burns being super into that is very yeah like you can see in the alternate scenario where it's like if bark didn't do that he probably goes with nelson because he was the only other person from the auditions that he liked yeah <laughs> like, nelson being mr burns there is an episode i want to see also uh, <laughs> yeah it totally happened like in a later season like, yeah you get that it's like fair. well i kind of forgot about this let's go with my second guy right. you know um, and nelson gets his like... extra his extra points for uh slugging uh mart yeah after like <laughs> ring 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 goes the trolley <laughs> so much. that's another line that just pops in my head constantly that ring 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 goes the trolley like all the time yeah it's a it's a really funny episode i'm not sure it's one of those two i think where it's like i enjoyed it I, there's so many good gags at it i think maybe just like trying to think about it up against a lot of these other episodes mm -hmm. it's tough but like it really does have a lot of just great moments mm -hmm. um the whole the family um video thing where they're oh uh, god yeah knew what was happening and did nothing to stop it like i hope this goes well for you i do not miss bart yeah. at all <laughs> i'm so glad good. he's gone <laughs> god yeah that reading i'm glad he's gone <laughs> uh, i like the the random sequences where he's still okay with being burns's heir where it's he has the the train yeah. that goes outside and comes back with snow on it and right bob mackie original but even <laughs> wow a bob mackie <laughs> yeah like he even then he's like trying to get millhouse to stay he doesn't like being there yeah he like, doesn't but he's like i still recognize yeah. the value of this to me and the random sequence where he gets a car and he goes through Santa's. Yeah. They, I think maybe one of my fav favorite gags of the whole season is Krusty delivering the pizza. Mm -hmm. Oh, like yeah, yeah. Because that, that's such a kid thing to request. Like, I want pizza delivered by a famous person. Yeah, just like, insult, like the Falkland Islands thing. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely the only way I ever knew about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks, thanks to the American educational system. Yeah. And, and it's just like how, like, 
like how specifically poor the, his decision was to put that episode on. Yeah. And, like, and also the specificity of how equipped he was to talk about it at a moment's notice. He had a map of the Falklands. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's personally very well versed in it, despite the fact like he's not been displayed to be a particularly intelligent member of Springfield. Uh, yeah. just, you can't read. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's yeah. from the Falklands or something. <laughs> like he's clearly been there at some point and knows it. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's like it's a callback almost to like where in uh, the the episode where they run like an old '60s crusty or whatever, and it's like a very serious discussion about the AFL CIO. Yeah, that's in. A, we just watched Bart of Darkness, and it's in. Oh, there you go. That one, and yeah, there's yeah. Like clearly the crusty show used to have a very different tone yeah. than what it does yeah. now. And it's... Are we in what you would call a crisis? <laughs> <laughs> it's like let's define getting, our define our terms, gentlemen. He's getting dumber <laughs> over time. It seems like yeah. he is like because we see you know from that which I don't know when that was supposed to be set but that was like a serious discussion and then we get like music in the 60s version right and then we have the 80s where he's talking about the Falkland Islands and then current day which I think was 93 94 when yeah. these aired he's just like he's just a clown yeah it's like it's getting yeah, I worse was, and worse over time I always just took it as like a general you know joke about how media has uh, declined over time or whatever obviously the the illiteracy thing was something they made a very big important point of in the first season and has kind of carried through intermittently afterward but like yeah as, as far as like crusty is just a vessel for jokes about showbiz i think it was just sort of the general mm-hmm. comment on like oh man this has all gotten really stupid hasn't it <laughs> like yeah. it's gotten yeah. way worse People used to talk about things right yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I don't think they're wrong either. I think actually like they had a pretty good point, but anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks for, for saying so many nice things about this episode that I think we all know is not going to make the top five. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're going to red mark that one off. Um, sweet. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just wanted to keep moving. No, it's all good. Yeah. I'm not trying to, yeah. like a, I like that episode a lot, of course, but, um, okay. Sweet Seymour Skinner's badass song. Did I nominate this one? This was in my top five. Okay. This is in your okay. top five. Okay. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, was it was Kelly, was this also in your top five? No, I was between that one and the boy who knew too much, and I went with boy who okay. knew too much. All right. So I'm exactly in the same spot as you. I will not dominate this conversation, especially since other people enjoy this episode. But um I don't think that sweet Seymour Skinner's bad song and the boy who knew too much deserve to be in the final top five. They're in my personal top five, yeah. but I think one of the two of them really should be in there. Um, and I can't tell you which one that I think deserves to be there more because I think they're so both so extremely good and they're great character studies of beloved characters from the show. So in this particular example, this to me is the like best Skinner episode of all time. And I think Skinner is the best, one of the best characters. Like he's certainly, I think in this uh, Twitter uh, tournament that Kelly and I were following. I think Skinner ended up being number two. Is that right? Or number one? Yeah. yeah number, number two. two. Holy right. And I don't think that's that crazy of an outcome. Like I, th- I certainly think he's a top five contender, if not top three. And he's so funny. He's so entertaining, especially once they get past the season one character characterization where like his whole thing is just like mispronouncing words once in a while. Like I just did. Uh, once they actually get into him as a like insanely square man in his 40s or whatever uh living with his mom and also like what that actually looks like uh, on a day-to-day basis um is is so funny to me i really do love this episode it's another oakley and weinstein joint uh but they i think get to the heart 
of what it looks like to be a character like Skinner, who is actually like a fully formed uh, three-dimensional character in Springfield. Once you get past like the principal being the, you know, thing being his only character trait. Um, Interesting. So yeah. This and the boy who knew too much. It's very much two sides of the coin of principal Skinner. Right. It's like, this one is very sympathetic to him and even shows like good aspects of his relationship with Bart. Like, this one is very much like it's not his fault that stuff goes wrong at the school and like he he does his best we see what happens when he's not there and he's uniquely equipped to handle this um and it's very it's very sympathetic to him and then the boy who knew too much it's very much like he's the antagonist of the episode um and everything that's such a good point doing is like to prevent him from getting in trouble which is such a kid thing like in the long run it doesn't matter if he has detention like for a short period of time but like skinner is almost like an otherworldly foe in that one (laughs) yeah Um, whereas this is just very much like he's a dude who like has problems at his job like it's it's too very much like from different perspectives but he's the same man and it's a different like examination of his and Bart's relationship because in this one it's pretty positive but in the other one it's like he's the bad guy of the episode and then yeah. coming so close together is really interesting it's a it's a, it's a little bit of a shame I guess that they're back to back because you do it's hard not to think about them both together mm-hmm. because yeah like, I certainly do now I didn't before that was a great point <laughs> it's just like yeah. they're, they come one after another and they're very different Seymour but they sh- both show how great of a character that is and how impressive it is that they were able to do boring well to yeah. the point where he's in one of the most popular shows ever. He's considered one of the best characters. I know. I love how boring he is because it's like, isn't that kind of what we all turn into when we get older? Like we see that when we're young, it's like, oh, it's so boring. And now we're yeah. just like, well, that's what life made of us. You know, it's like, he's so boring <laughs> in such a great way though. Now, you know, and we do sometimes have to just sharpen pencils while we're alone. Around, <laughs> right. You know, it's, <laughs> that's just what you have to do as an adult. It's not bad. It's just, you know, as yeah. a kid, you wouldn't want that, but it's like, yeah, it's just part of life, you know? Yeah. Like There's when something... he's picking so... his Sorry, like laundry detergents, it's like the yes. funniest thing I've yes. ever seen. Favorite part yeah. of <laughs> and then also right after that though like just the the singular especially in springfield like uh point a to point b to point c uh mind process that he has of being like that's all right i'll simply buy another pair and like looks in his wall he's like no i won't i needed those i really did (laughs) yeah just uh he's such a boy scout i don't know maybe part of this too is like it's my dad through and through like he my dad was like uh, in the Naval Academy and stuff. And he is absolutely like one of those guys who come up to me and be like, oh, did you know that some teens are smoking cigarettes these days? Like, yeah, of whatever. And you're so, right. you're so square, dad. Um, but yeah, so like this, this obviously, you know, starts off with the Santa's little helper going into, you know, groundskeeper Willie doing the uh, lunch lady doors. Do you have any grease? Uh, <laughs> okay, dokey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The the whole sequence with the show and tell, it's like every time I use tomato paste, I say that whole Nelson thing, this can contain tomato paste. (laughs) Bart holding up the the trilobite and the 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 petrified wood. Like, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. They're already pulling in. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, he just looks so like stupid in in that segment. He's just, the brand muffin is the same as the trilobite. (laughs) Right. No context for either one. 
Yeah, my geode must be acknowledged. Uh, yeah, they, they're pulling in so many great characters immediately, like right into you know at the upfront. I love that. Like it's one of the best A blocks they've ever done. And then you have um, Chalmers shows up. You know, I mean Skinner's fired by the end of Act One, right? Which is that's that's a lot of distance to cover in such a short amount of time. Uh, some of the best Chalmers Skinner comedy back and forth. Mm-hmm. Willie falling out of the uh, the vent onto the superintendent like there's just so many funny things happening and that's before you even get into like the skinner uh civilian life you know then yeah. dealing too with um uh you know eventually the way they figure out to try to get him out of the military by telling him to make a pass to his commanding officer and he says done and done i mean done <laughs> yeah. uh, there's just a again there's so many things about this episode that i i reference on a regular basis and there's so much that i love about skinner as a character it's really funny that that y'all were talking about boy who knew too much being the flip side of skinner because i didn't think of it that way but there's there's that's got to be the reason why i love it so much i think of it as the freddie quimby slash lionel hutz episode mm-hmm. which deserves well, yeah, inclusion like but when you think of the plot it's that you know yeah for sure freddie quimby, but we never see freddie quimby again um and- no for sure totally then it, it's very much driven by his conflict with Skinner. Right. Yeah. All yeah. And in a way that like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you're fine. Go ahead. Well, it's, it, as you say too, in a way that like is just diametrically opposed, I guess the, 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 the boy who knew too much was written by Schwartzwelder and he's obviously more of a, the kind of guy who would write something like cynical about authority figures. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas yeah. Uh, Oakley and Weinstein are that I think it's awesome that in this episode, Bart and Skinner are very clearly like these simpatico like guys who could be friends i have this like really interesting mentorship uh between an older guy and you know because like skinner also like once he gets out of the principal you know role like he has this tolerance for like malarkey uh (laughs) that he wouldn't otherwise and i don't know it's just like i I love that aspect of his character it kind of comes back a little bit when he gets revealed to be armin tamzarian which you know obviously has its own controversies attached to it but anyway all of that's a long way to say that i I, I very much love this episode. Um, and uh, for similar reasons, as you pointed out, that I've never discovered until today, also the boy who knew too much. Yeah. And I guess we're already kind of talking about that. And we can talk about these. Two we can just kind of put them together, I guess. Yeah. These are the last two. And yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they're very, very different episodes. They're two, like if, if these would have aired in different seasons, you besides them, I guess Skinner, you wouldn't really think of them mm-hmm. together. It kind of feels to me like they came out of the same brainstorming session and people took the same idea and went with it in two different ways. Sure. It was I like, can see what that. What if we do one where Bart and Skinner are doing something together? And it's like it kind of diverged into two very separate ideas of what that would look like. Right. And this mm-hmm. is the very, the very Schwarzwelder approach to this yes and the other one was very more like heartwarming yeah. like okay in a better world this is what they would have right you know. Um, well, I I think I love in the um, in the other episode you always see like Chalmers as the person that Skinner wants approval from, mm-hmm. and then the flip side on the other side you see Bart like sort of wanting the approval of Skinner, but like just wanting to get away from Skinner at the same time. So like you kind of see them both going through the same kind of emotions, yeah. which is kind like that's really great. Works yeah. out well. Yeah, and it's a lot of like Bart realizes he needs Skinner. Like, it's, yeah, he, his life doesn't feel the same without him. You know, he realizes how important it is what Skinner does, and he needs that conflict. Mm-hmm. And without it, he does. He's a little lost. And that's such a. The thing is, like, 
I know we're talking about both of them now. The thing that I'm leaning a little bit towards Sweet Seymour Skinner's Badass Song is just because it is very, like, I like that it starts out, it does really have an amazing first act. And they the fact that they, um, they tie it into the whole thing being about Bart, you know, messing up, losing Skinner's job right away, continuing that. Because I think a lot of times, like, I don't think it's, necessarily distracting but like for like boy scouts in the hood where it like suddenly becomes like a a homer bart thing and i'm like did it really deserve to be like Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like that all the time it felt a little bit like they put that in to have something there or like burns his air where at the end it's a moment between homer and bart that like i like that moment and i think it ties everything up well but at the same time it's like that really wasn't the you know the the primary story there Mm mm-hmm but I just like this one because it's always it's always Bart and and Skinner the whole time, and right. like just seeing that evolve and seeing like I just feel like it like it sets up well it 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 ties everything together really well at the end. It's just a really good complete episode. Yeah, yeah, I really do appreciate that the moment they brought Homer in. Cause I guess they felt like they had to for the audience. Like they even just call it out or is like, well, as soon as he found out you're going to try to sabotage Ned Flanders, he insisted on being involved. And all Homer says is that is true. That is true. <laughs> yeah. He's barely in the episode. Yeah. I, I, I do love too that. Uh, you know, I, I agree with Bart Chalmers is totally incorrect that it's a hell of a toboggan ride uh, without Skinner around uh, poor Martin in a cage yeah. rattling his, his cup against the bars. Um, and then Flanders is as the principal is yeah. so funny. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'll I'll quit blabbing so you so the rest no, of y'all. No, go talk, ahead. But, You're yeah. fine. My my favorite visual well, gag is Nullhouse just like putting the ketchup on his stomach uh, yeah. and it around. What is yes. that? What would possess that's you so... to think of that? I'm sorry, that's the weirdest thing that he does in the entire series, and like he's done some weird <laughs> shit. So I'm totally with you on that. It's so interesting. I'm forgetting stuff I used to know. <laughs> like he's rubbing his stomach and he's doing that weird like convulsion. That idea. I don't animate that. I don't know. It's just so absurd to me that I enjoy it. Yeah, I'll as say huge... that. Uh... Go Sorry, go ahead, Kelly. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, as a huge fan of Chalmers, just as a character in general, I love him in this episode, especially when he, like, comes on and he, like, says the same joke that Ned just says and it doesn't get a laugh. And he's got, like, it's the same exact thing, but okay. Like, I love that so much. Normally, um, Principal Skinner was the straight man, but Chalmers is, like, the straight man to the straight He's, like, the straighter man of Skinner. He's the straightest man. (laughs) When they're together, it's so fucking funny. It's, like, the straighter the man, the better for that. It's so funny. I love that interactions that i wish we saw more of that just con- in comedy I know, generally funny, yes i've never really thought about that they're two straight men playing off of each other but they're so one. good together it's yeah. so funny yeah. oh right well i mean that's that that created like what is now considered right like the greatest segment of all time mm-hmm. which whether you whether you agree with it or not you can understand why people would feel this way that the whole steamed hams thing yeah. again and oakley and weinstein like they understand that yeah like these two straight <laughs> characters like the straight man archetypes trying to out straight man one another is <laughs> some of the funniest things you could possibly it's so do funny it's such just like so dry and like they're they're obviously discussing something 
like insane, <laughs> but like neither of them is willing to acknowledge that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Great. I especially that that's a that's a really great point because one of the funniest things I think about this episode is when Bart is trying to convince Chalmers to give Skinner his job back. Like the level of disgust and enmity that that Chalmers has <laughs> is is limited. Like it's he doesn't even all he says is like that guy just bugs me. Like yeah. he, he's not. <laughs> It's not even that he hates Skinner. He's willing to ruin the man's life just because he's like slightly annoyed by <laughs> him. Annoyed, I find yeah. that so funny. Yeah. yeah. You know, but to, to make a pitch really quick on the boy who knew too much, because for me, actually, the boy who knew too much ended up ranking higher on my personal top five than Sweet Seymour Skinner. I will just say that the boy who knew too much uh, has huts in it, which is, again, like another kind of like ringer situation. Great. Uh, favorite character. He, yeah, exactly. That I, I, that's why I kind of figured it kind of deserved at least a little bit more consideration. I do think that the Quimby mythos deepening is so funny. You know, the the mystery behind you know what happened to the waiter is so good and so well done and executed in a really great way across you know three acts. Um, you know, and then Bart being central to that along with having on the outside of it Homer on the jury. You know, obviously we have the uh, <laughs> I know you can read my thoughts, boy. Uh, uh, yeah, reference, yeah, yeah, uh, and then but then too, like you know, Skinner being on the jury as well, you know, having that fun, like odd couple, uh, reference or whatever with him and Homer sharing the hotel room. Funny, like, it, it is another one of those episodes where, like, there's just there's so many classic iconic moments, you know, or uh, am I out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong, you know, all of these different touch points for the show going forward that I, I do think that these two episodes are kind of equals uh, in many regards. And I, if I would give one the edge, I guess I'm kind of revising my rankings. I guess I would probably give it to sweet Seymour Skinner just because I do think that like the storytelling and the character development feels more like, I don't know. It feels earned and also feels like it has a larger effect on the series going forward. Uh, it, it, it feels like it has more an impact on who Skinner is as a character going forward. I would say that too. I kind of agree with that. The, the only thing that I like super love from the boy who knew too much that just like resonates with me all the time is like, I love the initial part where Skinner and Bart are like Skinner's coming after Bart. He's just trying to get away. And like it's got that like cinematic like while they're like trying to run and like he like walks through the river. That's mm -hmm. one of my favorite moments in The yeah. Simpsons like it's all so together, good. where he just like walks. He's like oh, he's like some kind of not giving up guy. Yeah. <laughs> like I think that is why I like love this episode so much. Like I even I I think I gave it to you, Paul. That I, I had a painting that I did of that as well. Oh, like yeah. I just yeah. love that scene so much. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's hard because it's like, oh yeah, I, I think it's Sweet Seymour Skinner's badass song, and then I talk about the boy who knew too much, and it's like, oh yeah, like that one is like they are very similar in a lot of ways. They're both solid all the way through. They're very different tonally, but like they do that the thing that they do very well, and yeah, there's there's so many gags in boy knew too much that i love i and think that this, one has like i think kind of a wider appeal yeah yeah because like, there are some funny <laughs> visual gags and it relies less on your knowledge of the characters i think yeah than the other and ones. the hut stuff in general i just love so much where he does like the i rest my case yeah. then like he's like you rest your case no <laughs> case closed <laughs> this is also one that i i remember seeing this and it was like we 
went to the in the, the schoolyard the next day arguing over who got to tell the joke about free willy land around the kids oh nice yeah <laughs> i was so excited about that it was like oh, what you're watching at my house i get to tell us <laughs> that's awesome you got me so yeah i just no no this this is really tough and these two they are both great episodes they both have such like strong endings and like they they tell a good story i just i guess now i'm like the boy knew too much i just feel like is more fun like if i like just thinking about which one do i want to watch right now mm. it's like that just has more in it and i think it's it's more like theatrical in the storytelling and mm. i don't know i just find it more interesting overall I no i i agree that. Especially if Marge and the Lamb gets it, so Hutz gets in at least one episode in the top five. So what do you say? You're saying we <laughs> knew too much, but not making it. Oh, okay. Okay, then we're on the same side both ways. Never mind. Okay. I initially had Boy Who Knew Too Much ranked higher um, than Sweet Seymour Skinner, but now I'm kind of like, as as we've spoken. You know, yeah, I'm going like, back I'm and forth. That's why I'm confused. It. It's like fun to compare and contrast the two. Um, because I just I love just, Skinner. Yeah, I, he's I love so Skinner. good. He's in the, in the show. He's probably one of my very favorite characters. Yeah. Um, you know, because I I I love a secondary and or tertiary character in anything mm -hmm. that I get into. So, yeah, he's he's big up there for him and Mrs. Kerbopple are some of my favorite characters. Yeah. A great couple. So, I'm so sad they ever split up. It's so upsetting <laughs> to me. It's so sad. Um, Agreed. But yeah, so I, I do love a Skinner episode and I feel like he's obviously more prominent in Sweet Seymour Skinner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do think um, Boy Who Knew Too Much has more mass appeal. I think to a casual viewer, that's clearly the superior episode, you know? I think it's probably right, yeah. Yeah, I think that's people would go away laughing at that and wanting to talk about it. And the other one, it's kind of like, unless you're a fan of the show, I don't know how well it would come mm, off. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, just for like quotability alone, like I'm gonna enjoy this. Like that is yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I have like an emoji dedicated to that on like the various slacks I'm on or whatever. Like, uh, just when people send me stuff I like, <laughs> so, so they can hear that in their head. That's amazing. The waiter falling out of the window and then everybody just like turning and being like, "Oh, I guess you were right." Like. Yeah. Further into that man just fell out of a window. <laughs> like, yeah, cares at all. I mean, there's the uh, great Wiggum reading of, uh, "Oh my God, somebody took a bite out of the giant rice crispy," <laughs> <laughs> which would be my first concern, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, there's, I, I do think that the boy who knew too much. I think probably if people were just going to do like, like a straight up, like, uh, "Are you a massive fan of this show?" No, like, just go ahead and uh, like rank this as objectively as you can yeah. in terms of funniness. I think probably the boy who knew too much is like the like you know on odds on funnier like more broadly appealing like you were saying uh episode i, I do feel like sorry go ahead oh no i was just gonna say i guess though is if that's what the list is i don't know what the new no that's necessary that's the question the right criteria yeah. it's right yeah, i mean because this is this generally like a definitive list or is this our criteria because we're all big fans of the show so. I, and right that's what i wanted it to be more because it's like you can make you know, there's a not a clear cut, but it's like an objective list. I think you could probably come to a pretty easy consensus. Mm -hmm. But then that would also have Rosebud and Homer exactly. College on it, right. and right, 
And, and I don't think I don't think Lisa versus Malibu Stacy or Marge on the Lamb is even in like the top ten for yeah. like the average chowderhead who's yeah, you know talking right. about the show or whatever, right? <laughs> so yeah, I think it's more important to make this not necessarily change it to make it more interesting, but to go more about what our what this this group decides mm-hmm. is the correct order. Yeah. Um, less than what we think that outsiders watching the show, and it. For that reason, I think Sweet Seymour Skinner's badass song, maybe. I'm kind of leaning that way, too, even though I know that the other one was my pick. Yeah. So. Now that we've discussed it, I feel it's, it's a true <laughs> experience. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, just I, love I, a Chalmers I, and Skinner's. I know. It's so good, right? I, I feel ardently uh, uh, you know, passionate about both of these, but definitely I think Sweet Seymour Skinner is probably my sentimental favorite between the two. Okay. So I think we're all we're all in in concurrence. Um, the only question now is which that, one gets booted? Exactly. Is currently right. on the list. Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Okay. <laughs> okay. Marge on the Lamb. Mm-hmm. Lisa versus Malibu Stacy. Deep Space Homer. I think we can all agree Cape Fear and Deep Space Homer are going nowhere, right? Yeah, agree. Right. Okay, those are probably top two. So then it leaves the other two up for discussion. Or other three up other for discussion. Three. So we've got Marge and the Lamb, Lisa versus Malibu Stacy, and Homer's Barbershop Quartet. We all know how Kelly feels. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that's hard. Um, of the three, personally, I Lisa versus Malibu Stacy. I just, I don't, I really don't like that B plot, and it's like I don't, huh. I feel like that's not that's, that, a that's not a yeah a, yeah. That, a, a, something that's held like maybe it is but like i just i don't like it just because again it like pops up and i'm like i don't know why we're mm-hmm. going to this we've got this other- and that is half the episode so that's, that's a fair it's like, i love the lisa plot but I, yeah. I i honestly forgot the grandpa plot was part of it when i was talking about it yeah so and that's like there's not a ton of time spent on it and but I'm okay with a, there. a B plot, you know, like that happens. That's a big part of it. But I almost feel like they were trying to put them on the same footing mm-hmm. too. And I just feel like when they, that table scene, I like that scene. Um, but that just, that made it feel like it's like, okay, we're trying to kind of split two stories off. Yeah. I'm okay with letting the Lisa episode go if there was a Marge episode still in there. Yeah, we're not going to get- Marge and the Lamb is still in there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, Supposedly. I'm comfortable with that being my personal favorite, but that not being reflected in the list. <laughs> but I'm not necessarily saying we voted off. I just, that's my personal opinion. No, Looking I, at these episodes. Well, a very good point. And yeah, like I think my experience of just kind of forgetting that that was even part of the episode. It's like, it's clearly not strong. And that's one that I like a lot, yeah. you know. Yeah, I could see that being half the episode, that being a a big contender for that. Joe? Uh, the only thing I will say is that, um, you know, in my initial rankings, which obviously we've all experienced uh, are restructuring as we talk about stuff and, and hear all of the excellent arguments presented by everybody. Uh, I will say that Marge on the Lamb originally for me was was lower on my list than Lisa versus Malibu Stacy, but after talking about it, like I don't know, I want them both on the on the final five, uh, if we could. But if I had to pick between the two, I have no issue with letting uh Lisa versus Malibu Stacy go because you know Marge on the Lamb does have all the great aspects that we were talking about earlier. And like I think Kelly and I were talking about this in other contexts, but like I think we both share the opinion that Marge episodes 
don't get near the esteem that they should. And probably like for that reason, like they don't get as many reruns as they should. Um, But they're all things that are super memorable. And when you talk to another like aficionado fan, like you can reference to those Marge episodes immediately. And people are like, Oh my God. Like, you know, they're, they're, whether it's emotionally, you know, superior, or if it's, you know, just uh, some great stories that you're glad to see get put on screen, like absolutely that should be in the top five. If, if we're feeling like there's any lean one way or the other between that and Lisa versus Malibu Stacy. I just kind of hate that it has to come down to, mm-hmm. we have to kick one of them off. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Um, that feels, it, it, that just feels like, it's like, oh, well, we have to make room for these other Homer and Bart ones. Well, and like, I like, right. feel that there are Homer and Bart episodes that we're kicking them for. It's like there's Sideshow Bob episode. Yeah. Principal Skinner episode. Right. And what am I forgetting? Well, we've got Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Yeah, which is that's more a Homer than, one. Yeah. Like, it's not our fault that the men dominate the Simpsons episodes. Yeah, it's we didn't produce this catalog of episodes. I will say really quickly, I feel like this is kind of the premier Marge episode. Like, if yeah. you're going to go to a Marge episode, it's this one where I feel like Lisa has stronger episodes than Mel. That's true. That's totally fair. So, if we're going to say, like, we want a Marge episode in at some point, like, this yeah. is kind of the one to choose. Yeah. And I also agree. Ghost Car. Yeah. <laughs> hold me. Only if you hold me. I'll smash you good. And... <laughs> oh, so God. Smash you good. Destroying conversations. That's never the, the grand chasm that's such a <laughs> but i joke. i will uh, continue to argue, argue for lisa episodes in subsequent seasons yeah I, <laughs> I i i mean homer's barbershop quartet i know i don't know how everybody else felt about I that i know kelly that wasn't, one, but... wasn't i like it i'm not saying i don't like it i'm just saying those are that's another one that would be possible to uh to remove for this, this if it were up to me personally i know that i am not the majority of this but yeah i've already said before that i think it deserves to be on the list the same way that deep space homer does even though neither of them made my personal top five like i just think they're too they're too important too iconic mm-hmm. to i can feel off. that that's kind of my feeling and it's, it's such a good season opener you know <sighs> yeah that's very true i just i don't i i are you going back on Homer's Barbershop Quartet? I'm not going back on it. I just feel like I don't, I feel like I don't want to mark off Lisa first album. I mean, I, I love that episode, so. But I don't think that there's another one I would necessarily want to to knock off. Uh, if we had just done a top eight, this would have been so much simpler. Exactly. Uh... Listen to your heart, honey, as uh, Fat Tony said. I am actually happy with both the lists, so like I'm not gonna be We're happy with sad that. either way. Let's do if it if Cortez. You're knocking. Yeah, so it'll be Cape Fear, Marge and the Lamb, Lisa vs. Malibu, Stacy, Deep Space Homer. We got another really good Homer episode. That's true. Um, and then we got uh, Sweet Seymour Skinner's badass song. I think okay, that's- all right. I think that's cool. That's a that's- good list. Those are good episodes. That's a, real- that's a killer list. Like any animated <laughs> series should be so lucky to have those five episodes <laughs> spread across 10 years, much that's less in the series. Very true. Yeah. 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 Okay. And I will just say this makes me very excited to watch season six after this. Yeah, we'll have to. I know. Yeah. <laughs> 